Hello, my name is Gray. And my name is Crystal. And this is Pastation Beauties, a supernatural commentary podcast where I, someone who has seen this show several times. And I, someone who only knows about the show through social media, discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. Both Asian! For today's episode, we will be discussing... In the beginning. No. 403. What? Okay, wait. So for this episode, we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 3, In the Beginning, written by Jeremy Carver, directed by Steve Boyum. Have we heard of Steve Boyum before? I think so. The name sounds familiar. Um, oh, it looks like he directed yeah, yeah, yeah. Crossroad Blues. Yeah, and Dream, and a, dream little a Little Dream, dream of, me. of Me. Yeah. Oh my god, he will direct Swan Song. Ooh, that's Wait, exciting. These are like these are iconic episodes. Like he yeah, directs the end. Episodes. He directs Death Takes a Holiday. Angel Heart. You know Angel Heart. Oh, uh, the Claire one. Yep, he directs that. That's nice. Song remains the same. He directs it, which is terribly connected to this episode. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he probably. Do you like- know what Song Remains the Same is about? Um, well, Anna goes back in time to kill John and Mary so that yeah. Sam can't be born, right? Which is yeah. so sexy of her. Good for her. This episode, Sam... Like, let's get it out of the way. Sam is not Sam's in this not episode. not in this episode. Yeah. He shows up one scene. Half and then, a scene. Yeah, half a scene. And Ruby's there. Ruby says a line. Sam doesn't. Sam literally has no speaking lines this episode. <laughs> At least Ruby does. At least Ruby does. Yeah. Sam doesn't. A win for women. A win for women's rights. And wrongs. But metamorphosis is gonna be pretty Sam-heavy, I think. Right? Right? Um, Please? Metamorphosis? The next one, it should open with him and Ruby practicing his powers at least. I don't know how Sam heavy the rest of it is. Yeah. I think, I don't remember Metamorphosis a lot. Well, it was on the list of, you know how there's like that pole bracket that may have ended by now that's um, best Sam episode of Supernatural Mm, and it only features episodes that are somewhat Sam heavy. Metamorphosis was on there and I think made it past round one, but not round two. So What's it your... should be Sam enough. Do you have a Sam-centric episode in mind that you like? Um, I mean, of the ones we've watched so far, just like Houses of the Holy. Yeah, Houses of the Holy for what we watched so far. But I would say my favorite one is the flashback one with like the high school. I forgot the title of that episode. The high school episode for Dean, uh, I guess, but like for Sam, it's I don't I don't know. Maybe he's in middle school. Yeah, uh, the one where he has the English teacher and he yeah. tells Sam that he doesn't have to join the family business if he doesn't want to. I know what you're talking about, but I just don't. It's called after school, Is it after special. school special. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
That's so sad. Nice. I can't even name the title of the episode of my favorite Sam Centric um, <laughs> episode. Yeah, I also heard that In My Imagination is good on the oh, yeah! Imaginary Friends yeah! one. Yeah, that one is good. Because okay. he literally had an imaginary friend. Yeah, and that imaginary friend was gay. Yeah, because he was also gay. Yes. He's dead now, so that's why I'm using was. It, he didn't turn straight. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> um, I for, think for context, we are recording this, this about five hours after Misha Collins announced at a con in New Jersey that Warner Brothers called him after he accidentally came out as bi and told him to just pretend to be bi for the rest of his life. I've been saying this to Crystal, but I would have given him the same advice. Like, I would have been like, bro, for real. Like, just be bisexual. I don't know what to tell you. I was the brother who was warning. For real. Yeah. For real. God, um, what a time! Anyway. What a time we're having! What a time we're having! And like sometimes I think to myself, I do not give two shits about what happens in the supernatural fandom anymore. Yeah, like I try not to care about the actors. Yeah, but sometimes they do things like accidentally come out as bi, and you have to care about that regardless of your personal beliefs and feelings. We said you were not going to talk about it. <laughs> Did we? I, was like, I only I said we wouldn't do it for a Kofi bonus. <laughs> Literally, uh, we talked about how we wouldn't do it for a Kofi bonus, but alas, we are we doing are it. We are doing it for free. For we free are not in the main being episode. Misha Collins by for gay for pay. Sorry, how do I redo that joke to make it funny? I don't think I can. Let's move on. <laughs> Let us move on. Okay, so uh, Crystal. In the beginning, yeah. what did you know about yes. this episode? Uh, I knew that Cass brings Dean back to the past, and I thought the point of it was to show him that he couldn't change anything, but I guess that wasn't actually his main motivation. Um, and we see young Mary, and she's beautiful and has big eyes and cowboy boots and regular colored eyebrows. Uh, and... We see her and John dating, and how her dad disapproves of it because... He's not a hunter. And I guess this is the episode where the general audience finds out that Mary was a hunter at all. Um, I know she has like a little speech about wanting to get out of the life. I know that John proposes to her and then he dies. And also Azazel kills Mary's dad and possesses him. And then they like make a deal to bring John back so that he can re-enter her house ten years later. And Jeremy Carver loves incest so, so much. Um, and then in the no. end, there's like a shot of her like in the headlights of Dean's car. And she looks scared and her eyes are so big and she looks great and psychotic. And then Cass comes over and puts a hand on Dean's shoulder. Yeah. So that's what I know. Yeah. This episode... It's, kind of, it's juicy. But uh, I don't know if we've talked about it in the podcast, like main, like podcast main. Uh-huh. We don't have a side podcast. We have a Kofi <laughs> bonus, blah, blah, blah. But 
Um, I don't think we ever mentioned that we haven't really touched the Winchesters. Oh, the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I feel like it 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 bears saying. Is that a term that people say? It bears saying. It sounds familiar. Is it warrants saying? Do people also say bears saying? I don't know. Yeah, bear saying, bears dancing, you know. <laughs> Goldilocks score. Um, I think it warrants saying that we have never watched the Winchesters. Probably will never. Mm-hmm. Although recently, okay, cut this still, out. But I have no, seen I'm not two gonna cut it out. No, I'm not <laughs> gonna cut it out. Crystal no! watched two episodes. Is it the first episode and then the last episode? No, I watched like episode four, whichever one was about like was titled Masters of War, and I have also seen the finale. Okay, like if I like I have not watched anything I have all, everything about it muted and everything like I know nothing yeah. so mm-hmm. recently Crystal told me about what happens in <laughs> <laughs> of season one yeah wow 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 I mean I'm bringing this all up just to say that like we don't know what they retconned in that show we don't know how that show affects the canon of Supernatural main. Like, we, we don't know. So we're not gonna really go into that. Yeah. Glad the Impala magically disappeared though or something. <laughs> right. Which, I mean, that seems like it should be a retcon, right? The fact that in the Winchesters, John doesn't have the Impala yet or something? Wait, is the Impala his or in... No, the Impala, they summon it using, like, a fucking spell in the finale, and then they drive it into a portal, and then Mary supposedly dies, and then it drives out of the portal, and Dean's in it. Ah, slay. Let's start the episode. So, first and foremost, we have the road so far, which Mm. I quite liked. Yeah, I, I I think the one that really stuck out to me is they didn't forget to include the part where Mary turns to Sam in home mm-hmm. and goes, Says, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah, which is like, you know, one of my favorite scenes of season one. Literally, she's sorry. And it's yeah. it's nice. I love that scene. And I'm glad to see it in a road so far. Yeah, I agree. This is like tangentially related. But, like, I made a post after watching Home about how John spent all of that time, like, trying to figure out what happened to Mary when he could have just walked over and asked her. Um, and then recently someone reblogged it with the tags, well, maybe she just didn't want to talk to him. And, like, literally <laughs> so true. Maybe she just didn't want to talk to him. Wait, what are you talking about? Wait, he could have walked over and asked her where. He, she was like she could have gone and asked her ghost like, "Hey, oh, what's yeah. up? How did you die? Oh, there was so a demon real. with yellow eyes. That's good information to have." Yeah. So we start off the episode with Sam and Dean in a motel room, and Dean is sleeping in his bed, and Sam, yeah, like, well, looks- let's talk about Dean's sleeping arrangements. Okay, he has no blanket. He's no using blanket. his dad's leather jacket as a blanket, as a blanket. which does 
make me feel something. We find out later that apparently he also has the journal and his phone under the blanket on his lap. <laughs> Good for God, him, I he's guess. He's so fucking funny. He's so fucking funny. Um, and I think he's in jeans with his shoes on also. Yeah. I have slept like that in my life, Dean With Coden. your shoes on? No, I, w- I wouldn't say with my shoes on, but I was wearing jeans, and I was, like, in a cold, cold place, but I didn't have a blankie, mm-hmm. so Aww. I used my leather jacket. <laughs> your leather jacket specifically? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to blanket myself. <laughs> and, like, the moment I saw Dean doing this, I was like, oh my god, I've done that. And yeah. I literally did do that. Sam just, like, looks over at him, makes sure he's asleep, and then gets out of the room. And then there's a whole sitch where, like, a car pulls up, and I thought the car was gonna hit him. <laughs> but it's, it, it, it doesn't hit him. It's just Ruby. And Ruby mm-hmm. just goes, like, ready? Oh my god, I was wrong! Sam says a line! He says, definitely. Oh. Yeah, baby. Yeah! Wow. One line wonder. Yeah. Also, like, a point to Steve Boyum is that the way that it opens, like, it's a mirror shot, but we don't know it's a mirror shot until it swings around to look at Sam, like, in the motel at the first time, and that's fun. I enjoy it. Love mirror shots, because I know they're difficult to film, so, like, it's a commitment to do them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I also just like the idea that he and Ruby are, like, texting buddies now you know like yeah i'm assuming that's how they meet up now just texts on the phone and that's such a development from like from the summoning yeah Yeah. i i i think what i liked was that i mean not like but i observed that like last episode the last time we see ruby she was like bye sam never gonna speak to you ever again and now they're back to they're back to conniving together and i love that yeah it's Happy about the pull them. of the attraction or whatever the fuck is going on with them. Yeah, and I also wonder, like, okay, like, in Last Rising, like, Ruby, like, supposedly left a bra behind and that confused us so much. But, like, I guess while Dean was away, like, it's possible that they actually, like, lived together for multiple days at a time, like, Sam and yeah. Ruby, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe, like, most of her stuff was, like, in a bag in the closet, but that was, like, something that was left out. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, cute of them. Back in the motel, Dean's having his hell dreams again that are not safe for photosensitive people, and they just never bother showing anything else about hell. I think it's interesting that... They keep on doing it where he thinks about it while he's dreaming. So, like, Mm -hmm. a part of you still is trying to believe that, like, he doesn't remember. Yeah, that's true. But, like, it is becoming more and more obvious that he does remember. And, like, I like that. I like that it Mm -hmm. isn't just, like, a surprise at the end when he sees, like, I remember everything about how, (laughs) like, you see that he is remembering here. And... yeah. I like that. A little bit of a pre-shadowing? I don't fucking know. Foreshadowing. Yeah. No, because I was thinking four means forward, and it doesn't. It means before. That's fucked up. 
They both have the word four in it. That is pretty fucked up. Yeah. He wakes up, and Cass is sitting at the side of the bed. <laughs> what a funny, funny scene. Yeah. And then he goes, like, he's facing away from Dean. And then he goes, mm-hmm. hello, Dean. What were you dreaming about? And he turns hello. his head as he says, like, what were you dreaming about? He turns his head yeah. towards Dean. And he is wearing that expression of again of like amused. Like it's fascinating. We see an array of cast expressions this episode, which is what I have used to say cast expression. It's literally <laughs> cast expressions. And like Real. we see him be serious. We see him be like forlorn in a way, like sad for mm. Dean. And yeah. here we see him like quite amused. Like, what are you dreaming about? I like that. Yeah. I mean, did he know it was hell? Was he just like, oh, that's funny. I've been tortured for 200 years before. Yeah. (laughs) I, too, have been um, tortured and lobotomized. Yeah. But, yeah, Dean, like, clocks that this looks pretty gay. And he says, like, what, you get your freak on watching other people sleep? And right. Also, Dean has re- he probably read Twilight like three years earlier, and he was like, "I'm gonna stop this in its tracks." <laughs> yeah, Cass turns serious and goes, "Listen to me, you have to stop it." Which is an interesting way to word this whole situation. Like, yeah. obviously, this is not what Dean is supposed to do at all. Mm. And yet, like Cass says it like this. He's literally just lying. I didn't really see it as being, like, the deal. At first when I thought his point was that, like, Dean needs to just go along with things, I thought, like, you have to stop it. just meant, like, you have to stop, like, trying to have free will or whatever. Um, And now, like, I think it... By the end, I figured out that it probably just means, like, whatever Sam's getting up to. But he oh, just does yeah, not explain what it is. So I think he is maybe trying yeah. to let Dean think differently. Yeah, like he's saying here, like you have to stop it. And probably he is talking about Sam. You're right. And like this whole excursion is like him, instead of using his words, just like showing Dean, mm. like this is what Sam is. This is what yeah. was, this is what this happened. This episode we get they them Sam writes and we also get it it's near pronouns Sam writes and I I love that. Good for Sam. Good for Sam. Also like I quite like that even though Sam is not in this episode we actually get a lot of Sam lore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, small, small happinesses or whatever. Small yeah. joys, I think, is what people say. Small joys. Yeah. Is this the first time Cass touches Dean? I think so. I mean, if you're not going to count the handprint. Oh, no, I'll, I'll count the handprint. Yeah. The handprint is very confusing to me because, like, he was not a human being. When That's he picked true. up Dean. Like, he wasn't possessing a some poor bastard, that, as Dean says. But, um, he has... I guess his true form could have, have like, human aspects to it. 
Like, I'm assuming yeah, there's like, a lot of animal heads and eyes, but, like, some of the many arms could be, like, human hands. Yeah, like, this is the fathomable portion of his true self or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Dean is like, what? And Cass puts up his finger on Dean's forehead. And Dean, Bonk. like, gets transported somewhere else. Yep. So... so yeah, he is in a new place. The coloring, the saturation is higher than it is in the motel. I think. Yeah, uh, I think specifically they made the saturation in the motel so low because, like, I had mm. to turn my brightness up so much. Like, the brightness yeah. was low, the saturation was low. I had to turn my brightness up so much, and it's like, uh, it's fascinating that like. My first thought when that happened was like, oh, we're back to, like, season one lighting? And no, like, no, they just needed to do that to put some contrast with this part of the episode. Yeah. Usually I fucking hate when Supernatural changes its coloring or lighting or whatever to show that we're in a new state. But yeah, this is subtle enough, and it doesn't look like shit, like Purgatory. Though, I still contend that Purgatory looks like shit so that no one can make AMVs of the gay moments that look good. I think it was an act of aggression against gay AMV makers. But yeah, this looks fine. This looks good. Yeah. Uh, Dean wakes up on a bench and, you know, some dumb cop tells him to move and he can't sleep here. And Dean goes, sleep where? And the cop says anywhere but here, which is not true. He would kick Dean off of the next bench. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, right, when Dean was transported, like, his the leather jacket, as we mentioned, is still on his lap. And he lifts it up to show that he has John's journal and his phone there. But there is no cell signal. So, he sighs. And he gets up and he goes into a diner called Jaybird's Diner. And the camera zooms in on an ad on the, ben- on the bench that's for Sugar-Free Tab, which I think is a discontinued soda brand. So, like, it's like, oh, that's ooh, what we're it in means. the past. That's what it means. I had no idea why they were zooming in. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> right, like, did they get a sponsorship with Tab? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Dean enters the diner, and immediately, like, there's a guy in focus. Just a guy. Just a guy. And the guy's, like, mm. handsome. I hate to admit it. Love to see it. <laughs> yeah, and Dean, like, sits beside this guy. And, like, you know, he asks, like, where am I? And the guy's, like, we're in a diner. And he's like, no, 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 like city and state. And the guy says, Lawrence, Kansas. So maybe they're in Lawrence. And the yep. guy's like, hey, you okay, buddy? Like, that's how he speaks. Sure, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Is that like offensive? That. Is that offensive? I am so sorry. Oh, of, wait, offensive how? Like, that is how he speaks, right? I think so. I don't remember. <laughs> no, but he speaks with, like, a certain twang like he doesn't speak the way dean speaks i would say i have erased all memory of this man's voice from my mind 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and Dean is like trying to brush it off as like, oh, I was, I'm, I'm like having a hangover or whatever, mm-hmm. and. They ask for coffee. He asks where to get some signal. Like, he brings out his phone. And John, like, looks at the phone and goes... Well, the man, I suppose. We're still not (laughs) sure it's John. Whatever. We've spoiled... Like, you know what the fuck this episode is about. That's John. The guy's John. And um, he goes, like, yeah, I mean, the USS Enterprise. Love that. I think this is our very first Star Trek reference in the show. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why? What did you think it was? It because when I googled USS Enterprise, the first thing that came up was like an actual like Stay aircraft trip. carrier. No, it's like a naval vessel that was part of the Vietnam War. And I was like, well, John's a filthy, filthy ex-marine, so that's probably what he's referencing. But you're right; it's no. probably the, it's probably Star Trek because it's about how high tech. And futuristic Dean's phone yeah. looks. But this is not our first Star Trek reference because Dean in the last episode mentioned the Star Trek experience as one of one of the things he wanted to go to. Oh yeah, this is interesting. The so apparently USS Enterprise has been like a name for stuff like prior. Like this one is from 1958. <laughs> History from 1960s, 1970s. Same goes for the other. Like, Star Trek happened in 1960-something. So, mm. so they copied the name of a ship. Yeah. Interesting. Or what, what, yeah. an aircraft. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I do love this moment because John is talking like Dean... You know, like, that is how Dean would respond. He would be completely unhelpful and make a snarky pop culture reference. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's where he gets it. Yeah. Yeah, and then at some point, like, the server comes up and it's a guy and he's wearing, like, a very 70s outfit. Mm. And uh, Dean, like, like comments about this like he says like nice treads you know Sonny and Cher broke up right and then <laughs> like this is the most serious we see John in this episode <laughs> Sonny and Cher broke up and then like he shares a look with the he shares a look with the guy and it's a whole thing I mean I had to google this I didn't know Sonny and Cher is like a music duo slash husband mm. and wife I think yeah so they divorced that's what's in happening. 1975 John is about to get his heart broken to bits in two years yeah and then like Dean is like what is going on so he starts looking around and there's like a headline like he sees that John is carrying a newspaper. He's reading a newspaper. And it's like, the headline is about Nixon. And the date mm-hmm. is April 30th, 1973. Mm-hmm. Slay. Yeah, so in 1973, Mary and John are both 19 years old. They are babies. They are tiny. They are! But this is 19-year-old John? He looks, yeah, I don't think he looks, looks like... 23. Like, they look like that, you know? 
Oh, well, Billy Piper was 23 when she played Rose in season one of New Doctor Who, who is a 19-year-old, so no, it's I not think too what, far off. I think more what I'm trying to say is, like, people from older generations, because they dress that way, even if they're mm. younger, they look older. Because, yeah, like, okay. in our head, like, the clothes are... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, what you mean. Like, we associate the clothes with the era, so therefore with with the generation. So therefore, like if they wear those yeah. clothes, they'll look older no matter what. I yeah. like that. I'm also just very bothered by it not being November second or like November first, because like the Zazel deal happens tomorrow. Like I thought that part of Demon deals is that it's like exactly ten years, but he just meant like ten years ish. Like, ten years and also, like, six months. Yeah, that's true. It should have been November. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. And then somebody enters the diner. And he goes, hey, Winchester. And Dean looks over, obviously. Yeah. And then the guy, like, goes over him towards John and shakes John's hand. And... Dean, like, turns around, like, what? The guy comes over and is like, how are you doing, Corporal? And, like, the jo- the John. John is, like, talking to this guy. And the guy name drops that, you know, good to have you home, John. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Dean looks at them and goes, Dad? And the guy who John is talking to says, say hello to your old man for me. Which is an interesting line, because I thought... Oh, yeah, isn't Henry Winchester missing? Yeah. Say hello to your missing, probably dead dad for me. (laughs) Love Henry Winchester as well, by the way. Mm. I don't know too much about him, but um, I've heard him described as a DILF. He is a DILF. That's my only comment. Speaking of DILFs... (laughs) Why does this man look nothing like JDM? Who? Current like guy? The John, the like young John actor just doesn't look like JDM. Which I is think his fine. name's Matt. Like Matt something. I'm gonna look up young Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Maybe he just aged very weird. Yeah. Oh, the last time we looked up young Jeffrey Dean oh, Morgan. You started moaning and whimpering. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not gonna do that. Um, I don't, he doesn't look that much like the Matt young Cohen. John, but he also doesn't look that much like himself. He mostly looks like Elvis, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, this is fascinating because Matt Cohen, let's look him up. Matt Cohen. He is in. Supernatural for so little. Mm. He was in, I think, four episodes. In three episodes? In the beginning, the song remains the same, and Baby, it says. Yeah, he was in Baby. Love that scene, actually. But, like, he was in three episodes. He directed one episode. And yet, this guy is in the Supernatural fucking con circuit. And, like... (laughs) I remember thinking at some point, like, damn, like, you can literally milk the shit out of, like, 
anything that this show like you're in one episode of this show if you're beloved enough by the fandom you can literally milk the shit out of like the con circuit yeah i respect that i respect that yeah i don't but i support him <laughs> i support him he was literally in three episodes to be fair he has a significant role like john winchester it's a yeah. significant character and he played That's a significant true. character and also, Baby is pretty cool. Like, his scene mm. in Baby is pretty cool. So, I forgive him. The man walks away, and John is trying to drink his coffee and read his newspaper. But, like, he can't stop noticing Dean, who is just staring at him mouth agape. And he finally turns to Dean and goes, Do you know each other? And Dean just goes, I guess not. And John is like, Okay. And then he stands up and goes, Take it easy, pal. And I love that. I love the word pal. Love it. And then we get the title card. So Dean walks out of the diner and, you know, he turns a corner. And who's there? Who's there? Who's there? The hottest person alive? Hello? Castiel? Him? He's there. He Um, is there. Yeah. And we haven't mentioned yet that much how... Fun. It is the way that angels appear and disappear in Supernatural. Like, yeah, it's like a they never situation. show them fucking PowerPoint transition disappearing <laughs> into the air. <laughs> they should though. Like I want to see Cass go from a uh, completely. I've uh, this joke has Solid. been ruined because I forgot the word. Solid? Like, what do you Opaque? call the opposite of transparent? Okay, okay, like. We should, though. We should see Cass go from completely opaque to translucent to transparent. I would love yeah. to see it. Yeah. They should do it in pieces so that we see his skeletal system. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> they should remove his clothes first and... <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. No, but, like, I would love to see the Cass's, Cass's mas- muscular he's not system. hot without the trench coat. Yeah, that's true. Is this a controversial take? He has to be like... The trench coat stays on in bed. Exactly. He takes off everything and then he puts the trench coat back on. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, the sleight of hand situation. It's always that, like, the camera's away and then it swivels (laughs) over. And then either, like, an angel has appeared or disappeared. And it looks so cool. This reminds me of this um, one time I went to a birthday party when I was really young. And one mm-hmm. of the tricks was like the clown was saying that like I'm gonna turn this spoon, I'm gonna bend this spoon without you got without touching it. And then like mm-hmm. he has a clown buddy, like he has an assistant, and the clown yeah. assistant like goes up to his ear and goes like whispers something and then he goes, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have our uh, special guest arriving right now. And then he points towards the entrance of the venue, which is like yeah. uh, at the back of the room. So you go look at it. And then the moment you look forward, he's like, uh, I guess our special guest is delayed. Anyway, <laughs> this food has been bent. <laughs> oh my god, that's so low effort. <laughs> This is a core memory for me. (laughs) 
you can put it in an outtake or something, but, like, when you talk about magic tricks, the main thing that I remember is, like, at, like, my high school senior, like, going away fest, like, they hired a hypnotist, and they, like, um, got, like, our class president as a volunteer, and he was hypnotizing him, um, and he was, like, Oh, like, imagine a girl, like, a beautiful girl, and, like, you're getting married, and, like, this guy, like, half-hypnotized mumbles, like, I'm gay. Like, (laughs) he literally is gay. He, he literally is gay. Yeah. And then the magician guy just goes, oh, well, even gay people can be lonely. senior going away thing (laughs) anyway that's a core memory for me (laughs) anyway even literally even gay people can be lonely (laughs) what even is going on (laughs) anyway um so dean is you know very intense very in his emotions asking like what is this and Cass just asks, what does it look like? And Dean asks, is it real? And Cass says, very. I love that. It is very. Uh, and Dean asks about how this happens. And Cass says, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. But he actually he says, says time. <laughs> <laughs> what? When I, when I heard this. Like he said, time is fluid, Dean. It's not easy, but we can bend it on occasion. Like my first thought is, this is what the Warner Brothers guy should call it. He literally did though. Sexuality he is said, fluid, Misha. It's not easy, but we can bend it on occasion. Literally. Uh. <laughs> God, this news fucking is ruining our podcast. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is not gonna age well at all. Yeah. One year later, okay. when he comes out as bi for real. Yeah. <laughs> you know. God, I fucking hope not. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Dean, as Misha Collins says, "Well, bend it back." literally bend it back yeah um and Cass says that he's here to stop it and Dean says stop what is there something like coming after my dad and then there's like a car horn so he turns around and then Cass disappears bye and Dean yells something about like are you allergic to straight answers you son of a bitch He's allergic to straight answers. Straight answers, yeah. And I I do really like that, like, a lot of the angels we meet do something similar to this in that, you know, like, Gabriel had his mystery spot in Changing Channels episodes, and Zachariah had his end verse, and, like, John, uh, what is it called? It's a Terrible Life? episodes like each angel has some form of reality bending 
power that they use to teach Sam and Dean lessons, but, like, they're, like, specific to the personalities of the angels, and I wonder what Cass's thing just being time travel means. Like, Uh. is it about him not having that much of an imagination right now, or having a commitment to the truth, or, like, believing that Dean should, like, learn his own lessons with, like, just what happened instead of, like, actually manipulating, like, things and making AUs and shit? Like, what does it mean? It could be because he's lower down the uh, order yeah. of um, angels. And, like... That's true. You Like, you can't really create a new reality because, you know... God, I love how Cass is not even high-ranking... In any way. Yeah. And he's still shown to be the coolest motherfucker ever in the beginning he's of season just four. Some angel. We're at Rainbow Motors car dealership now. Gay Love as that. hell. Fellas, is it gay to buy a car from Rainbow Motors? Yeah. And there's a salesman. And he is selling John a van. Yes. It's beautiful. It the is, show though. was made worse by them not driving around in this car. <laughs> they need to be in a van. Uh, Dean is like, shows up. He's leaning. Oh, just, the I feel like of we need to describe what this van looks like because I feel like van doesn't describe it well enough. It is beige. It's beige. It is a yeah. Volkswagen, and it is shaped. Mm-hmm. Like, it has, like, a, a fridge. square face, maybe a rectangle face, like, tallway rectangle face, and then, like, probably, like, front seat and then two rows after it, probably, but it's also not very big. It just looks like a cube that was slightly stretched and beige, It and literally it. does look like a fridge, though. Like, it looks like one of those fridges that are, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh a cute fridge like for your skincare and stuff you know people do that they put they do like what? a fridge in their room and it's for skincare i own one bottle of acne wash and two bottles of expired acne wash because i didn't use enough <laughs> of them before the expiration date i am the type of person where if my skincare is expired i go god take the wheel and then i put it on my face I'm pretty sure all of my skincare is expired. Real and love correct. Love that. Love that. I don't even use moisturizer on my face anymore. I use body lotion on my face. Life you is own a fuck. body lotion? I have that psoriasis. That is different from my life. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Is that called body lotion? Even if it's like... I assumed it was like medical grade something something. No, no, no. I just use unscented like body lotion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dean is like, that's not the one you want. That's not the voice he puts on. But, like, it could have been. It could have been. And he is splayed out across the hood of the Impala like a Playboy magazine model. Yeah. At this point, the Chevy Impala is already old. It's almost a decade old already. I mean, if we're rounding six up to ten, sure. (laughs) No, but, like, it is, though. Like, at some point, like, isn't, like, five years the cutoff? Like, after five years, you should probably change your car. That's what people say. What? Five? That's what people say. Yeah, I, uh, we don't follow that. Yeah, we bought the no second-hand car. Who says and that? Does anyone say that? 
five like, I years? think like in Japan they say that like that's what my mom told me okay I was about when you said in Japan they say that I was like did you get this from Yakuza <laughs> or from Ace Attorney <laughs> <laughs> um I'm trying to look I'm trying to look but like I'm like <laughs> that is such a funny thing to say. My mom told me that. And like, you know how like there's a lot of um Japanese like what do you call it? Like they just sell you stuff. What do you call that? Sales dollar people? stores. Oh, so no, like, sure. Not like, oh, like, like stores Daiso? Where it's like like Daiso. Like, not Daiso. Like Aww. like big ones. Like they sell you like fridges and stuff. Uh d- a, like a department store or like no a, like like it's like like sears like what what is sears like it's like a i think in i think they like it's like second-hand shop but it's like appliances okay. oh like, interesting or like you know like um plates stuff like that and like mm-hmm. the, uh i asked my mom once like why is it that there are so many shops that are like Oh, these all of these stuff are from Japan, and it's like almost new. Like, like there's like a stovetop, and it's almost new, and it's from Japan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my mom said like, "Oh, people in Japan just like get rid of things after five years." <laughs> so <laughs> that's where I got that from. Okay, maybe she I was hope lying not to perpetuating me. like stereotypes about <laughs> Japanese people in Busty Asian Beauties the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like there are, are there? St- I mean, obviously, there's not gonna be stores like that in the United States. I mean, but there's maybe a lot there in the are, Philippines. I haven't encountered them. Um, like the joke is like the Philippines is like where you know people dispose their shit. So like, mm. yeah, I I don't know. Like, it's five years old old for a car. I don't think so. Like, we still have a car that is as old as I am. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the car that is as old as I am and older than me, even though it's not with our family anymore, it's still running. So, like... Yeah. I don't think it's that old. But, like, 40 years, that's old for a car, right? 40? Yeah, I think so. At some point, the owner dies. <laughs> like, if the owner died inside the car, like, that's old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? No, John did not die inside the Impala. I was gonna say some convoluted reason, some convoluted Dean was way. supposed John to die inside the Impala. Yeah, Dean was supposed to die inside the Impala, but he didn't. And John Which didn't die inside sad. the Impala. Which is yeah. very sad. Has anyone died inside the Impala? Mary. <laughs> did she? I mean, you said she died and then she drove off into the... Ether and then like she comes back alive or whatever. Oh, Mary in the fucking Winchesters. I think she never actually died. They just assumed that she was gonna die, but then she comes out like passed out in the back seat, and Dean carries her out or some shit. I don't know. Love that. Love that. <laughs> I'm still laughing at where did you learn that days of thirty or Yakuza. <laughs> God. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dean like says like, "Oh, um, I'm not following you or anything, but I didn't thank you for the coffee this morning. So, 
uh, I'm gonna repay the favor. And then he opens up the Impala and then he starts telling John, like, this has blah blah horsepower and blah blah. Well, he doesn't say horsepower, he says horses. Horses! Funny to me. <laughs> and then, like, barrels and stuff? I don't fucking know anything about cars. Yeah. And then, uh, John literally just goes, you know, man, you're right. <laughs> Which is, like, so wild. Like, yeah. his heart was not in that fan at all. If, like, a random weird guy who is following him shows up and is like, Hey, you should buy this other car. And he's like, yeah, I bet. Well, doesn't he say later that he's only buying the van because he promised Mary he would buy the van? No, yeah, but, like, still, you should commit. Also, did you notice the deleted scene in the transcript where after John drives the car over, the deleted scene is just that after Mary sees the Impala, she says, I hate it. Like, they just cut that line out. (laughs) (laughs) And she does hate it. But she's fucked that car. She's fucked in that car? That's true. She has fucked that car. What do you mean? As in, when she comes back to life, doesn't she, like, greet the car like, hey, baby, in a way where it's like, oh, she's fucked that car? Well, she fucked in the car for sure. Yes. So and I'm, she I'm just going also stuck her strap on into the exhaust pipes. Yeah, maybe, perhaps. That that scene is so funny. Anyway, let's talk about future seasons in future episodes. Yeah, okay. Um, they, they introduce themselves, and John, you know, says he's John Winchester, and Dean obviously can't say he's Dean Winchester, so he says he's Dean Van Halen. He's so Stupid fucking funny. Stupid ass. Also, like, I looked up, and apparently Van Halen was formed in 1973, but, like, they didn't become famous until after so like this is fine oh okay that's fine then yeah yeah dean is like starts dean starts sniffing out the case he's like oh i was a bit hungover but like i was getting the chills like did you get any cold spots and john like completely unaware just keeps on going like no no about everything like at some point dean is like did you happen to smell any sulfur do you think, Crystal, that if yeah. you smelled sulfur, you'd know exactly what it smells like? Um, well, it's supposed to smell like rotten eggs. I feel like I know what rotten eggs smell like. You've smelled a rotten egg? I've probably... It's more likely that I've smelled sulfur than a rotten egg, like in a science experiment. Yeah, but like, you recognize that immediately? I think so. Okay, good for you then. <laughs> Fucking non-binary Nerd. ass looking person in STEM. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so, at some point, Dean asks for cattle mutilations. And John yeah. just goes, dude, what the fuck? He and says, like, okay, mister, stop it. I love okay, that. Okay, mister. Does he think Dean's older than him? Dean is older than him. Dean, Dean is, is older than him. How old is Dean at this point? Dean was 29. 29. Oh my god. Dean's 10 years older than John right now. And he doesn't look like it. I mean, I guess it's because of the whole, like... Drop the skincare Because routine. we know. No, because we know. Like, we know. So, that's why. 
Mm. But like he literally is 29. And I've been saying this. I have been saying this. And other people have been saying this. There's an AMV for it and everything. But he yeah. literally met Cass and he was 29. It makes me so, 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 so emo. Because of that oh, fucking the post one song. that's like, if you're worried about not finding love early, remember that Dean and Cass met when Dean was 29 and Cass was a billion or some shit. No, literally though. Like he yeah. met he met Cass at twenty nine. Yeah, I like one time I was talking to a friend and I literally brought this up. Like she was telling me that like I'm so afraid that, like um, when you're young like love is different and like it's just difficult to love someone you didn't grow up with. And I was like, girl, Cass <laughs> met. <laughs> She immediately <laughs> felt better forever and never had an insecurity again. Yeah, it works. Nice. That's the L therapy works. Dean like just goes like, oh, "Okay, fine, I'll stop." But, like, watch out for yourself, okay? <laughs> and like, John's like, "Okay." And despite all this, despite all the weirdness that Dean just exhibited, the yeah. car salesman goes up and goes so, and John goes, "I'll take this car." Yeah. And like, like, watch out for yourself, okay, makes it seem like Dean is, like, sent to assassinate him and there is a bomb in this car. Yeah. And he still took it. He still took yeah. it. So, we cut to outside the Campbell's house. Um, It's, like, a nice house. It's, like, white, walled, and I don't know. It's fun. Uh, And he drives up in an Impala... And then we see Mary. Hi, Mary. We see Mary. Oh, she looks so good. She has like wavy hair, and she's wearing this like. Do you think she's wearing white... a wig? Oh, like the actress. Yeah, I can't tell. Sorry for cutting you off. Sorry for no, cutting you off. No, you're good. Don't worry. Yeah, I can't tell. Do you think she's wearing a wig? I don't know. I think every blonde person is wearing a wig ever. <laughs> I have, I don't think I've ever seen genuine, like, born blonde type blonde hair in my life. Mm. Yeah. So, like... That makes sense. Like, whenever I see it on TV, I'm like, hmm. Is that, is that, is that how it looks like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's not a wig. Yeah, but he lo- she looks like a Barbie doll. So I was like, is, yeah. is the wig syn- is like is the hair synthetic? I would love it if it is. I mean, like, is it like wearing wigs a thing in like television and movies and stuff, or is that just a movie? Yeah, thing? there are a lot of wigs in movies at least, and mm-hmm. there's one very important wig from Party City and Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what I'm thinking about is. Perhaps because his her oh sorry perhaps because Mary's hair is so seventies, mm. like and like maybe during the seventies there was more wigs in movies. Huh. You know what I mean. So like the look has associated wig to the okay. look to me. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But like like every time I look at her, I'm like her her hair is so beautiful. Is it synthetic? Would love to know. Would mm. love to have that hair. And also, 
Her eyelashes are so, so, so long. Yeah. Like, I know she's wearing mascara, but you still. <laughs> yeah, no, her eyes are huge. Her eyelashes are long. Yeah. Her brows are normal. Her brows are normal, which is the most important part of it. And I love her outfit. Like, she's wearing, like, a white cowboy shirt sort of thing. There's, like... Saturn so has worn something pattern. similar to this. Yeah, you remember? I think so. Like, earlier in season four or earlier I don't know, but, like, maybe, like, um, maybe he wears it in the future. But he wears, like, uh, something that, like, looks kind of like this. And I love it. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, roses ironed onto the shoulders, and, like, she's in jeans, and she's wearing this, like, braided leather belt, and she just looks so good! I love her fit. She, like, comes out of the house and runs over and sees then Paula, and she's like, what's this? So she asks John, like, hey, what the fuck is this? Like, why isn't this the van? And John starts going like, Mary, this is better than the van. This has got a 327 and a four-barrel carburetor. I, for all I know, he's making up words, but he probably isn't. Like, his mom is a mechanic, so I guess he knows shit. And he is and a mechanic from a family of mechanics, as he says later. That is true. And Dean goes, Mom? And Ooh. he decides to continue spying on them into their date. They're at a diner. They're drinking milkshakes. Mary's a strawberry girl. So true. And um, we get, you know, a lovely, lovely line. I just think that Jeremy Carver's obsessed with incest. Um, Where Dean, watching through the window, goes... Sammy, wherever you are, mom is a babe. I'm going to hell. Again. Again. Just put him back in the back. Put him back in the ground. We, like, not enough people (laughs) are saying this, but we just need to, like, for 50 cents, you can help put another Dean Winchester back in the ground. Yeah. It's very unfunny, and the I'm going to hell, and then the again. Like, it's just, he works, he's like, Jeremy Carver's working way too hard to hammer the joke home. It's not working for me. Alright, so we cut inside the diner, uh, and they're talking about how Mary's dad doesn't approve of John. Apparently they've been dating for years, and it's still a problem. Uh, Mary says that he's just protective, and John goes like, Oh, does he have a problem with you hooking up with a mechanic from a family of mechanics? What is the Campbell's, like, cover job? Like, are they going around telling everyone they're, like, the CEO of PepsiCo? Like, (laughs) they don't have jobs, do they? Besides hunting, or do they? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, And then Mary goes like, no, I love you for exactly what you are. Which John echoes later in the episode, right? Yeah. It's so corny. But like, I understand they're young, whatever. Yeah, I still read Mary as a romantic 
or I find that the most interesting reading of Mary. So her saying corny shit that doesn't seem to make any, doesn't seem to have any real sentiment behind it feels right. Uh, yeah. And she goes like, okay, wait, I'll be right back. And she heads out somewhere. And then John pulls out like a little ring box from inside his jacket. But he wasn't planning to propose at this dinner thing because he didn't. So I don't know why he has it on him now. Well, I mean, I think that's reasonable. Like you have, you get the ring, you bring it everywhere. Yeah, I guess fan fiction has had that happen before. <laughs> Which is your only basis for romance. Yes. Oh, That's such a mean nine- thing to say. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so Don't sorry. Worry. I did not read it as a personal slight, just like a general thing you would say. Literally 19 an observation. is so early to get engaged, says the guy who got engaged at 21. But anyway. Yeah. You know, recently Crystal asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Offered. <laughs> Offered marriage. And, For a visa. Um, so now, but now that we're so saying I'm, this on a podcast, we can never do it because the government will know that it's fake. So there goes <laughs> that chance. It literally is for the visa, though, is the thing. But, you know, technically, I am also Crystal's ex fiance. So that's great. Good point. I offered it, and you were like, huh, maybe. And then. In this moment, we made it impossible, so good job, you did yeah. it. Yeah. So, oh, um, yeah. outside the diner, Dean is still, you know, watching in, and he's like, what's happening? And then Mary shows up behind Dean, and starts attacking the shit out of him. It's, I, I like Mary's fighting style. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's obvious that, like, she she wasn't taught self-defense. She was taught how to attack. But also yeah. specifically, she was taught how to attack a man. And I like mm-hmm. that. Like, she kicks him in the dick. In the crotch, you know, like yeah. That. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I Like, I I, I like her stance and everything. Like, mm-hmm. like, this is unrelated to what I said earlier. But like, I don't know. The way she holds her hands up, I was like, yeah, that's realistic, I think. I've never been in a fight, but like, I've tried to go do kickboxing in my life. And it's uh-huh. like, yeah, love that for her. She points out that this guy, Dean, love that, <laughs> this guy. Uh, she points out that Dean has been following them since, like, her house. And Dean's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Mary's like, um, still trying to attack him. When Dean grabs her, and like pins mm. her against the wall, and she go. He goes like, "Let's talk about this." And Mary is like, "No, no, no!" And then Dean sees the bracelet, and the bracelet is like one of those bracelets that you see on Etsy. That's like yeah, it's a supernatural charm bracelet. Charm bracelet. <laughs> yeah. And you literally like I don't know why I said it like that, but you literally do see this on Etsy. Like, yeah. if you look up Supernatural, like, I don't know, um, SPN, blah, 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 on Etsy, this is, like, what will show up. And Dean sees this and, like, 
slowly takes his hand off her and goes oh oh oh, to clarify like there are charms on it that are like anti-possession like blah blah blah. (laughs) no (laughs) it's not like a cat's charm or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and oh this is such a good reveal because we didn't know and john doesn't know either right yeah like it's the fact that it's unknown to like everyone everyone like do you think do you think, like, John figured out at some point? No. He should have, right? He should have, but I don't think he did. Yeah. I mean, I'm confused about how she explained her dad's corpse right next to him after her dad tried to kill him at the end of this episode, but, like, I feel like... I feel like she explained it because John didn't know about hunting until Mary died, right? Yeah, but, like, he was talking to everyone related to Mary, you know. After like she someone, died. Somebody's, yeah, but somebody's gotta give, right? Uh, I mean, if all of them are distrustful, I don't think somebody yeah, had true. to. That's and true. I don't think he's so, that close with Mary's family anyway. It's not like any of them offered to take Sam and Dean in or, like... He didn't like Sam and Dean didn't really seem to have extended family on Mary's side that they knew. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I just love that like like we don't even learn this from Ruby when she was doing all her background research on yeah. Mary. Like when she was like, Sam, do this, do that, do this, do that. We don't find it out from there. It really is just you have to go back to the past. Yeah. And also, like, all of Mary's friends and family were killed by demons after she died as a cover-up. So, yeah, there was, like, like, no way for them to know. It's kind of unknown whether, like, those deaths are recent or whatever. Oh, that's true. That's true. They were, like, in, like, 2004 type shit. You're right. Yeah. So they could have known, but they didn't know. And I feel like this is the first part of the breaking down the Mary mythology as, like, you know, innocent, pure, like, civilian, didn't know anything, and was just the victim of this demon for no reason. And it's so fun! I love it! I love it, and they've been building up to it for multiple seasons now, and it's great. God Mm -hmm. fucking bless. We go back to John Mary, husband and wife, bringing home a brand new car. His name yeah. is Baby, and I'm Big Brother Dean. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but Real right, dumb. so he takes her home after the date, um, and you know they kiss, and Dean is standing behind a tree. So apparently, he and Mary have arranged to meet up after the date. Uh. Dean does some corny shit where he's like, you can trust me because we're all hunters, so, like, we're practically family. Family. So fucking corny. Yeah. And Mary's like, oh, my dad will probably not love this. And Dean's like, oh my god, I have to meet him because I guess he probably knew as a child that his grandparents were dead, so this would have been his only chance. Uh, and she takes him inside, and, you know, Samuel's, like, he gives him a quiz about how to kill a vampire, 
to make sure he's a hunter, but then he says that he doesn't trust other hunters, so he still wants Dean to fuck off. But then yeah. Deanna, who is his wife, Dean's grandmother, etc., is like, oh, stop being so mean. Um, I'm gonna invite him to join us for dinner. And this is when Deanna reveals that her name is Deanna and her husband's name is Samuel. And Dean is surprised at this, which means that he did not know who he and Sam were named named after. Yeah. Yeah. Does he think it's corny? Is that what the really is about? No, I don't think it's... Well, I don't think it's corny, but I don't know what he thinks. Mm. Yeah. I think it's corny because it was clearly written for this episode. Like, Jeremy Carver was like, oh, I don't know what Mary's parents should be named. And then he just stared at a sheet of paper and then slowly wrote down Sam and Dean. And then he added several letters to the end of both of those words. So they sit down for dinner. And... Uh, this scene I find so interesting. I mean, I'll mm. probably put this at the end, whatever. But, like, okay. in Pentiment, which is a game that I love, uh, there is a portion where you can choose who to have lunch and dinner with. Mm-hmm. And then you eat with them. And, like, eating with them based on what food you're eating and the conversations you're having during the meal you can find out things about who these people are and, like, Mm. about the case that you're trying to solve. Yeah. And, like, I tried to observe this scene from that perspective. I didn't really get a good look of what they were eating. I think it's just, like, mashed potatoes or whatever the fuck. I think there was a salad there also. Yeah. But I don't know. I think what I paid most close attention to is the body language. Mm. Like, you're a body language expert. Is that a reference to anything? I think there's just people who call themselves body language experts who are really <laughs> annoying on the internet. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And I am really annoying on the internet, so it fits. Yeah. Like, Samuel is like turned away for like. A big part of the meal, he mm. is sitting like he's turned to the side, and I thought mm. that was so interesting. And like he like he only turns to Dean really when they start talking about like his case, mm. and Dean is like, "Oh, we we kind of have the same case, I think." And like I thought that was interesting. Also, like in Pentiment, like the. I happen to have one meal with a family where the dad is so fucking annoying and everyone in his family is, like, so grueled by this. Yeah. Like, it reminded me of this. And it's, like, I think it's so fascinating sometimes. You know how, like, the dad is, like, the head of the table and also controls where the conversation is and how the conversation goes. I don't really have a comment to make, like, other than, you know, it's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think it's so interesting, especially when I see it in media. Because um, I don't really experience that that, that much. But, mm-hmm. like, it's so dominant, especially in, like, American media, I feel, where, like, the dad is the one who's doing the talking and blah, 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 blah. So Deanna, like, starts asking questions about, like, 
if Dean is from Lawrence. And Dean says, that, like, it's been a while. Things sure have changed, I think. Which, you know, if you get transported back through time, mm. I feel like try to be more... Like, he keeps on trying to make these jokes that are, like, only for him. And yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> and it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, just stop mm. normally. And then they start, like, Samuel starts asking if he's working a job. And he's like, I don't trust other hunters either, you know. And Mary asks why Dean was following John and her. And he says that he thought John was in danger, but now he doesn't think so. And Deanna starts making comments about John being like, Oh, John? Like, getting involved with the supernatural? What a funny concept! And then Samuel makes a face, and Mary's like, I saw that. And John, this is when we learn... Well, we learned earlier, but this is when we see that Samuel doesn't really like John. Like, he thinks John is, like, too naive. And Mary says a funny line. Like, she says, mm. So what? You'd rather be with a guy like this to Dean? With such <laughs> obvious distaste and, like, ooh, like, you want me to be with a guy like this? Like, yeah. And, and Dean is like, what? 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 <laughs> like, he's so fucking annoying. <laughs> Samuel said, Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. Literally, you want me to be with a guy like Dean? Of course not. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm so glad we finally had a woman on Supernatural that doesn't think Dean is so hot. And she's only allowed to do that because she is his mother. But at least we got Literally. there eventually. We got there eventually. And, um... Dean asks Samuel if he is working a job and they start talking about this one farm and then and they figure out that it's like demonic omens is what's happening. Dean says that this sounds like the exact same thing I'm hunting. So if we go together, we can take this out quick. Yeah. And Samuel like turns this down in a I don't work with people. Don't you understand that? Yeah. Also, like I feel like we don't learn that much about Deanna in this episode. Uh, we really but she don't. does chime in when they're talking about the case um, where she talks about, like, electrical storms being part of the omens and how they've ordered, like, graphs from the weather service. So I think it can be implied that she is, like, more on the research end. Like, she's still involved in cases, but not in, like, Direct field She's like work. the Bobby of the family. Yeah. We cut to uh, the farm, the Whitshire farm, which is where the case is. And Mary and Samuel are outside in a truck, and Samuel's in a priest outfit. Uh, Mary is not really dressed for combat. She's like in a dress and cowboy boots, but like she looks great. Should have been a so. nun. That's my hot take. <laughs> Put yeah. her in a... What do you call the habit? A wimple. A Literally. Yeah. Mary's like, I don't really want to be here. But Samuel's like, this is the family business. And asks if she'd rather be waving pom-poms at a bunch of dumb jocks. 
which means I guess like that's college, right? Like that's what he thinks she would do in college, be a cheerleader. He he literally was like, would you rather have extracurricular activities? <laughs> and I literally do not rather have extracurricular activities. He's so right. Yeah. I wonder if Mary wanted to go to college. Like, she is quite Sam-coded in this episode at points, and I wonder if yeah, wanting like, to go to college is part of that at yeah. all. Uh, so, Mary goes off to interview the victim's son, who's leaning by a tree, whereas Samuel goes over to the house, and after he knocks on the door, Dean opens it, and he is also in a priest outfit. Yes. Where did Dean get this outfit? Yeah, literally where he, he fucking a murdered a priest. <laughs> he doesn't have a car. He doesn't know this town. Where the fuck did he? He get has it? a car later. I assume he stole a car. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, he got a priest outfit, and he's there, and you know Samuel's surprised, and Dean's like. Oh, wow, what a coincidence. Hello, here's my associate who's fucking old. He's so fucking old. Um, he says this is our he's... senior, senior priest. <laughs> he's so funny. Yeah. Uh, and so he's been interviewing the victim's wife. And Samuel asks a few questions and hands her, like, some food i can't tell yeah. what it is cake yeah do you think like he had to bake that himself i would presume not because it's in it's it's covered by like plastic or whatever which yeah implies that he made it himself because it's not in like a ready-made like box right actually i have no idea because it's on a platter it's covered by like plastic like what what is happening yeah saran wrap but it's not covered yeah. by saran wrap. It's covered by, like, plastic. Oh, you know is I mean? it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, then, yeah. I don't know. I'll assume he bought it then. Uh, and Samuel asks uh, the wife a bit. But, you know, she's just upset that her husband died and she doesn't have any information to give. Uh, so, Dean is just like, okay, I'm gonna head out. So he goes over to talk to Mary and the son. And Mary notices Dean and is like, okay, cool. Like, Charlie, do you want to tell the father here what you just told me? And what we learn is that Mr. Whitshire, when he got drunk, he would hit Charlie's mom. Uh, and a stranger came over recently a week ago, and asked Charlie if he wanted the beatings to stop, and he just said, like, yes, and now his dad is dead. Yeah. Uh, and Dean asks if the stranger wanted anything, and Charlie just says, like, okay, he said that, like, about ten years from now, he said he'd, like, come over for a favor and want something then, but I just thought, like, he was crazy and wasn't actually saying anything real. Okay, in this case and also in the case with Mary's friend- well, maybe not. Okay, in this case, I don't think a kiss happened, right? Like, it seems like Charlie would not yeah. 
kiss a guy that he thought was crazy. Like, it seems like he had no clue that a real transaction happened. What are the rules here? Is it that well, Charlie's yeah, like, a kid and they don't do demon kisses for kids? Like, I have no idea. Yeah, because it's like, I just, the reason I'm so stuck on this kiss thing is that Jeremy Carver thought it was necessary to have the Mary Samuel Zazel kiss, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you have to show that, then like, why skip the John Zazel kiss or why skip like Bella as a little child kiss? Or, like, have Charlie probably clearly not kissing this guy? Like, I think that all of these are things that don't need a kiss, but, like, you kept some of them. Uh, so, Mary and Dean discuss in private a little, and they're like, yeah, demon deal. And then Mary asks Charlie what this guy looked like, and he says he was about 5'10", white, and normal looking. And I liked that he said white because I feel like they don't say white when they ask people about descriptions in Supernatural most of the time. Like, sort of operating off of the idea that it's the default, so I'm glad that he said it, but I feel like maybe the reason Jeremy Carver put it in was he was like, oh, they don't say the race in present day because we're like in an enlightened post-race society, but in 1973 they do see color. But I don't know Jeremy Carver's head. I don't know his life. But that is sort of what I assumed was going on here. But I think everyone yeah. should say white when there's a white guy. Mary asks if there's anything else, and Charlie's like, well, there was one thing. Like, when, his when the light hit his eyes in a weird way, they looked, and Dean goes, oh, were they black or red? And Charlie says, goes, no. No. They were, they were yellow! <laughs> I Fuck, was so ecstatic. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously I knew that this is where the episode is going. But, like, I don't know. The way they did the whole, like, reveal of, like, it's yellow eyes. It's like, yeah. I, I thought it was so cool. And I was so ecstatic when the reveal happened. Because, like, okay, the episode's picking up. Like, yeah. Dean is about to go vault to the wall crazy. Because yeah. it's yellow eyes. It's, like, he's literally here. And, like... yeah. Like, the anticipation of, like, Dean doesn't even know where this is going. Like, mm -hmm. he, he thinks he does. He thinks this is all a ploy to get, like, him and Sam out of the life. And, like, yep. I don't know, like, like, maybe stopping this will stop the apocalypse also. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know that this is just a lesson to be learned and he can't do anything. And, like, yep. he will try so hard and nothing will happen. And in a way, that trying will result to Mary dying. Yeah. like, mm -hmm. if, he, if he didn't figure out, like, if he didn't tell... Yeah, if he didn't know where the next, like, place the demon was gonna hit was gonna be, then Mary wouldn't have gone there and she wouldn't have caught the attention of yellow eyes and such and such. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, in a way, the narrative was always doomed, but also he doomed the narrative. Do we know who Charlie is the parent of? Like, is this an earlier iteration of the psychic kids? Or is this, like, one... Like, is Charlie perhaps the parent of a psychic kid that we know? Perhaps he's the... He's a parent. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Like, is he, like, the parent of, like, one of the rounds of psychic kid death games that we didn't see? Or, like, do you think he's... Like, who... Which parent... Who do you think he's the parent of? Obviously, one whose mother didn't die. 
Because, like... Well, no. Because, like, yeah. Mary only died because she entered that room. It wasn't yes. because she had to die. So, mm-hmm. like, the person who makes the deal doesn't have to die. Yeah. I don't know. Who who do you think yeah. is Charlie Aparentoff? Um, I don't he know. He looks a either. little bit like um the guy with the van, what's his name? Andy? Andy. He looks a little bit like Andy. Nice. Okay, yeah. that's my vote also then. This is like, Andy's dad. So we go to the Campbell house. And Dean is starting to get a little freaked out, a little hyped up, and he slams down the map down the table. He's like, um, there's nothing to talk about. I know what this thing is. This thing killed my family. You're in danger. We're all in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, like, there's a really fun shot where, like, while he's yelling, like, it shows Deanna, like, chopping a banana really aggressively or, like, quickly. Yeah. Like, not even holding the banana. She, the banana is just down on the um, chopping board, and she's just slamming her fucking knife on it. I respect Yeah. That. Deanna, like, comes in and is like, we don't know what it is even. Like, it could be a shapeshifter, it could be a demon, it could be... And Dean just goes like, I know what it is, and I'm gonna kill it. That's all the talking I need to do. And, like, Dean says that he knows that the Daniel Elkins in Colorado has the cold. The cold. And Samuel of course have heard the cold, but he thinks it's not real. And Yeah, he says he used to tell it to Mary as a bedtime story, which I think is a joke, but it's fun to think of like a literal like hunter childhood that involves bedtime stories. Bedtime like stories, this. yeah. Uh Dean insists that it's real and he's gonna get it. Dean basically says that in the journal that he has, his dad wrote everything and every opportunity that the yellow-eyed demon showed up. Mm. And it's obvious that, like, the the pages are full of, like, future appearances at this point. And, like, yeah. Samuel asks, like, how did your dad know all that? And he's like... <laughs> He says my dad can see the future. He's so funny. Yeah. He's God, so he's funny. He's so fucking funny. And then he says like tomorrow uh the demon is going to go to Liddy Walsh. And it's about 3 miles from here and etc etc and Dean is like I know you guys think I'm crazy but I'm going to stop this thing. And I know, I know where this demon's gonna be, and I'm gonna kill it. He says, I'm gonna stop it once and for all, and I think he's, like, reiterating, Gass. like, Cass's words, yeah. Yeah. Also, how many fucking deals is Azazel making? Like, he's doing, like, one a day, like, all in Kansas? Yeah, he really chose a spot and fucking ran with it. <laughs> Yeah, because okay, he, he, he has a stupid little, like, Nazi speech about how he's, like, picking, like, the best genes to, like, God. breed or whatever the fuck. So, like, I get, there, there's just, like, a lot of really cool people in Kansas, like, within, like, five miles of Mary's house, I guess. As Dean heads 
out, he stops by to say goodbye to Mary, and she's, like, there going through her records. She seems, like, disappointed that he's going so soon, and he says, I wanted to tell you for what it's worth. It doesn't matter what your dad thinks. I like that John kid. I think you two are meant to be... Have you seen the web weave that uses the poem I Go Back to May 1937 by Sharon Olds? I think I have, yeah. But, like, tell me about it. Oh, um, I mean, it is, like, about Dean and, like, John and Mary. And I think the lines in it... Should I just read the entire fucking poem? Like, I don't know how to say it. it. Okay, I will read the entire fucking poem. I see them standing at the formal gates of their colleges. I see my father strolling out under the ochre sandstone arch, the red tiles glinting like bent plates of blood behind his head. I see my mother with a few light books at her hip, standing at the pillar made of tiny bricks, and the wrought iron gate still open behind her, its sword tips aglow in the May air. They are about to graduate. They are about to get married. They are kids. They are dumb. All they know is they are innocent. They would never hurt anybody. I want to go up to them and say, stop. Don't do it. She's the wrong woman. He's the wrong man. You are going to do things you cannot imagine you would ever do. You are going to do bad things to children. You are going to suffer in ways you have not heard of. You are going to want to die. I want to go up to them there in the late May sunlight and say it. Her hungry, pretty face turning to me her pitiful, beautiful, untouched body, his arrogant, handsome face turning to me, his pitiful, beautiful, untouched body, but I don't do it. I want to live. I take them up like the male and female paper dolls and bang them together at the hips, like chips of flint, as if to strike sparks from them. I say, do what you are going to do, and I will tell about it. Okay, that's all I have to say. That poem made me emotional. Like, I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good fucking poem! And it's he's so literally, good. he wants to live and he takes them up like the male and female paper dolls and bangs them together at the hips! Ah! Um, right, because after this he says quietly, like, hell, I'm depending on it. Like, he is depending on them getting together to live. Ah! And he asks Mary, what is John like? And she's like, why? And he says, I'm just curious. Oh, God. Because in home, like, they they interviewed someone and he was like, oh, like, John was like a great kid and he doted on his children and he was a great husband. But after his wife died, like, something just went wrong. And, like, Dean probably remembers bits of John, like, not being, like, the drill sergeant that he is, but, like, not that much, and, like, he wants to know. Also, I want to say, it's so funny to me that John was, like, I I understand that it's a pivotal part of your life, and it's, like, blah, 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 but he was, like, in war for a couple of years, and he made that his personality trait for the rest (laughs) of his life after Mary died. Like, he wasn't even, like, in the military. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, like, a military man throughout his whole life. Right. Yeah. How many years did he fight? Like, three? <laughs> is this so mean? Is this so mean? I mean... I it's mean, a, a lot... I, it is very possible to get PTSD from, like, things yeah. that are three years or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 
I know what you mean in that, like, there are people who have served for way longer and, like, wear their uniform all the time for fun and, like, are always talking about being in the military. And, like, that's not really John. He just, like, decided to turn into that as, like, a forever coping mechanism and that's stupid. Yeah. I think, I'm still thinking about the poem you mentioned. It's, like, it makes me so, so, so sad that, like, you see them here. And they are just kids, though. Like, it's the thing. Yeah. Like, you see, you hear them talk to each other. And it's the most generic, like, I love you. I'll never leave you. And it's, like, you don't know the intensity of those words. Yeah. You know? And, like, yeah, you don't know the things that will happen. And I'll accept you for whoever you are. But, like, what if... I don't know. I'm just thinking to like that episode in season 14 where John comes back and it's like, ah, mm. uh, like even then, like the the love is still there. Blah blah blah. We'll get more into this. I feel when we talk about how John and Mary were basically red string of fated by heaven. Yep. Uh, I think that would be a more interesting time to have this kind of conversation. But it is also interesting, the whole, like, what you do with a love that's meant to be in a way that maybe shouldn't have been. You know, like, blah, blah, blah. God, like, the thing about John and Mary is, like, their story is very interesting. It's just that Mm -hmm. I would rather die than watch the Winchesters. I'm sure that the Winchesters did not make them very interesting or, like, tell their story the way that it is told in Supernatural with all the fate and shit. I mean, well, actually, the Winchesters doesn't matter because... Oh, right, I forgot to tell you. Um, or do you not know this? This isn't the John and Mary of this universe. What the The Winchesters is an alternate universe. Dean has been taking his, like dimension hopping car to a bunch of alternate universes like finding ones where he can make john and mary happy (laughs) that is wild shit that's not even his parents yeah yeah part of the alternate of the universe is that they're the like chromosomes decided to take different things from both of them so the kids that they have are not even gonna be sam and dean I know this in my heart. Jesus Christ. And the first thing Mary says is, I don't know, mm-hmm. which I think is so something. Yeah. She says, I don't know. He's sweet, kind. Even after the war, after everything, he still believes in happily ever after, you know? He's everything a hunter isn't. And that's... I know that's something that people have latched onto is that Mary tells John, like... I love you for, like, what you are, and John tells Mary, I'll I'll love you for who you are. And, like, this is a what he is, and what he is is not a hunter. Yeah. He is her special little not-a-hunter chance at normality. She is his, I don't know, like, sort of real girl, but he also knows nothing about her, but he's a paper doll to her. Good for her. (laughs) God. 
I feel like they really could have done so much, like so so much with John and Mary in terms of, um, like when you're young, like what love is like. But mm-hmm. I I don't th- like that's not where this story is gonna go. I think it's fascinating to me because they take it at face value too, like the fact that it's like they're so young and stupid kind of vibe, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know, like. And it's, yeah, no, the writers of Supernatural are like, and this is real, correct love. Yeah. Like, it's never examined in a certain way. Like, it's never examined in a, like, like you said, like, she said, like, I don't know about, like, her first reaction to, like, what is John like. Uh, I don't know. And that's super interesting. I, yeah. Yeah. She said they've been dating for years, but they're both 19, and John was, like, in the army before this, right? How have they yeah. been dating for years? Did they go to the same high school? I don't think that's part of the John and Mary lore, is it? <laughs> the only John and Mary lore I know is John and Mary, husband and wife, and they brought <laughs> home a brand new life. That's a very good point. What if they're not even 19? I looked up their birthdays, but let me check again. Like, maybe I'm talking out of my absolute ass. Exactly. Okay. John was born in 1954, which is... Plus 19 is 1973, right? Yeah. And Mary was born in... Yeah, 1954. Okay, yes, they are both 19. Cool. Uh, And then Mary tells Dean, like, can I tell you something? And, like, she sort of, like, squeezed or something. And she goes, like, he's going to ask me to marry him tomorrow, I think. And she's so excited. And she says, like, oh, like, my dad's going to explode, which he does. But I don't care. I'll my run away gonna, if I have to. My dad's going <laughs> to scream, cry, moan, throw up, and die. And he literally and does. stab himself. Yeah. And she says that she'll run away if she has to. God, she's so Sam-coded. And she says, it's just that I love John. And and she sort of pauses and, like, looks around. Like, she's, like, not sure if she should say this next part out, out loud. And Dean prompts her. And she says, I want to get out. This job, this life, I hate it. I want a family. I want to be safe. You know the worst thing I can think of, the very worst thing, is for my children to be raised into this like I was. No, I won't let it happen. And Dean blinks back tears and so do I. Yeah, me too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And the last part is a little bit like too much the writers going, hey, winkity wink, but it's still effective. Yeah. It still works. And, like, the whole, like, safe thing, I think, is also reiterated by Sam, right? In his first episode, doesn't he say something, like, not normal, safe, like, about what he wanted from his life? hmm Yeah. Oh, She wants to get out! This job, this life, she hates it! Ah! <laughs> and Dean goes, like... He's crying a bit. And he goes, yeah. And Mary asks if he's okay. And he's like, yes. And then he says, like, 
can you tell me some? Can I tell you something? And can you promise me something? Even if it sounds weird. And, like, he's, like, so intense while saying this. And a single man tear is dripping, is slipping down his face as he says, On November 2nd, 1983, don't get out of bed, no matter what you hear or what you see. And she says, okay. And he leaves. Her ass is not remembering. (laughs) Her ass is not remembering. (laughs) But this scene really got to me, I feel. Yeah. I think that he knows also that... That it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. It's wishful thinking. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, he can't not have tried. Yeah. Uh, We're back on the road. Dean is driving. And Cass shows up next to him. And then um, he asks, like, why not bring Sam back? And Cass is like, you had to do this alone. And Dean asks, you don't give a shit that, like, Sam is looking for me right now? And Cass just goes, Sam's not looking for you. And I was like, that's so fucking funny. Go tell him. Go tell him, Cass. Go fucking tell him. (laughs) Okay, Dean's been here for, like, over a day or whatever, right? But it seems like it's the same night. I don't think... Yeah, it seems like... When he comes back, it's at the exact same time, just like in Doctor Who. So there's no reason for Sam to be looking for him anyway. Yeah. But also, even if he was, he's not. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And then Dean tries to confirm to Cass that, like, if I do this, meaning kill the demon, the family curse Mm -hmm. breaks, um, like, they get to live happily ever after, and Sam and I grew up a normal life. And then Cass points out that if you, Dean, if you alter the 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 past, you will alter the future and you will never be hunter. You will never be hunters like you and Sam. And all the people you save, they'll die. Which we've talked about in the past. Yeah, we like, did that in 220 already. Yeah, that like um, the, the other hunters can like deal with it like Sam and Dean are not the only hunters but like given this like let's pretend this is what's happening like Dean is like mm. yeah of course I realize that and Sam- and Cass asks you don't give a shit <laughs> I mean he says <laughs> you don't care and Dean says I care plenty but I cannot let my parents die I can't like I can't not if I can stop it and he can't he can't stop yeah. it and then he looks over at Cass Cass has disappeared but I think this is a good insight on Dean in that at the end of the day he's just his parents kids no yeah. he's just his parents kid Yeah. and no matter what no matter how angry he has become at John for like the whole like I didn't deserve what that put me through. I don't deserve to go to hell. And no matter how distant Mary is in the past, like, the moment that there's an opportunity to have had a life with those people, he would choose it over and over again. 
And it's like, yeah. like It's also that the John that he is angry at was... Yeah. I mean, was always part of John, but, like, only became John's after. main facade after yeah. this happened. So, so like, like, he's like, this is not even the same guy. I can't be angry at him the way that I was angry at my dad. And it's also fascinating that he says, like, mom and dad get to be happy, number one. And me and Sam mm-hmm. get to be happy, too. Like, this is, like, win well, for And all. he goes in, me and Sam get to be normal. Yeah. It's sort of what his thing is. Mom and dad yeah. get to be happy, and me and Sam get to be normal. Fascinating. When you say Cass said, who give a shit, or and you don't give a shit. Like, what do you mean? after Cass said, no, after Cass said, you'll never become hunters and all the people you save will die, I literally paused my screen and said, who give a shit to Cass? Well, and then I continued. Cass. Cass, listen to me. Cass. Nobody give a shit. Like, you need to know this. <laughs> yeah, I just... The thing is, I... I feel like... I like Cass in this episode. He feels a little weaker in this episode than he has in the past two. But that's in because, that. like, he's not around much. I think it's also... Well, he's around even less in 402. But, like, he has a I lot think, of lines there, lots, lots of exposition, lots of opportunity to be, a, to be a character. Yeah. But I guess it's more that this thing about him saying that Dean should care about, like, the people that he saved doesn't... It seems like the writers talking through him, it doesn't seem to align with what he said in the last episode about, like, we have, like, bigger things to deal with. Like, Dean was like... Like, people died because, like, you guys didn't get the witnesses under control. And Cass was just like, we had other things to deal with. Like, I don't think he would be someone who cared that much about the people that Dean saved, at least at this point in time. Like, he doesn't seem to hold hunting to be, like, this glorious institution of, like, goodness the way that the show does. Like, he doesn't seem to distinguish between hunters and civilians at least in 402 it's just like oh like those are all bugs yeah that's interesting like so this part i thought was weird yeah i suppose but like i think it also is like asking dean like where do your priorities lie like i think that's a reasonable thing to ask someone like yeah yeah especially because you know, Dean is so adamant about the whole saving people last episode. Like, That's true. This could be a response to what yeah. Dean said last time. Like, oh, well, what about, like, everything you said last week? Okay, yeah, I like that reading. Ugh, Dean was so annoying last week. People are dying down here. Why aren't you helping us? Like, ten, like 20 people died of ghosts. Like, tell the oh, angels ghosts. to cure tuberculosis. Oh, tell the angels to cure tuberculosis if you actually care. <laughs> Literally. Well, to be fair. I mean, this is my fucking, um, like, I don't know. What what do you call when you're talking about something? Like, soapbox? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is your soapbox to my stand soapbox on. My soapbox is that, like... Like, tuberculosis is cured. There is a cure for tuberculosis. Well, okay, like, it's more that... Okay, more like, by cure, I mean, like, make it more distributed, etc. Yeah, et yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. So, 
uh, Dean goes to Daniel Alcon's house, who is, you know, the guy with the cold. And he is in front of the safe, already having cracked it, already having the cold in his hand. And the guy mm-hmm. comes in, points a gun at him, and is like, drop that. I can't let you get that cold, blah, blah, blah. But Dean is saying, I just need it for a while. I'll return it to you. It's just my one chance to save my family. I need this gun. And he says, like, if you want to stop me, you can kill me. It's fine. But, like, I am gonna take the cold. And the guy doesn't shoot him. And I like that. Like, I like this little character moment for the guy. Yeah. You know what I don't like? How no one in this episode has heard of holy water before. Like, how does he not know this is a demon taking away the one demon-killing weapon? This one is weird. What the the fuck does this mean? There are some hunters in Lawrence, the Campbells, and then he goes, never heard of them. And then Dean goes, that's where she'll be? He's she-hurring the gun. He's saying, after I leave, like, you can go to the Campbells and they'll have the gun. (laughs) Okay. I I was truly wondering, like, is he talking about Mary? Like, why is he bringing up Mary no, right now? he's she-herring the fucking gun. <laughs> she literally is a she-her. So, we cut to the Campbells, and, you know, Mary and Samuel are, like, cleaning or assembling guns. Mary looks really cool. And she asks after Dean, and... Samuel says he's gonna go kill a demon. And when Mary asks where, uh, Samuel says, oh, he's heading to, like, Walsh's place. And Mary goes, wait, Liddy Walsh? Like, Dad, that's my friend. Like, she is my friend. We have to go help her. Which is nice. I like that Mary has friends. Friends, But it is just for plot. Like, we don't even see her interact with Liddy at all. Like, they're in the same room and they don't even talk. Like, Liddy isn't like, oh my god, Mary, like, are you okay? Like, when she gets thrown or any of that shit. So, like, whatever, I guess. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, it's... But, But thinking about the fact that Mary has contact outside of the family, even if the contact doesn't know that they're hunters, it's so interesting because... Sam and Dean are so far removed from everyone around them that wasn't in the hunting community. So it's fascinating that there is this alternative hunting lifestyle where you're a hunter, you're a family of hunters, but your child Mm -hmm. still gets to live a semi-normal life. Yeah. So, I don't know. It could have been interesting to see them interact. Like, maybe even after... Mm -hmm. Like, it's fascinating that, like, Samuel yeah, like, is the one Mary who comforted her. Yeah, trying to her. explain hunting yeah. to Liddy or something. That would be yeah. nice. She, like, runs out to the car. Well, she says, I'll be in the car, which implies that there's only one car. So when she drives <laughs> back home after this, did she leave Samuel and Dean stranded with no car? So real. <laughs> yeah. Um... After she heads out, we get the funniest joke ever of Samuel going, oh, so she wants to hunt, and then she doesn't want to hunt. Is this some female time of month thing? And then, like, 
just to show like oh we're not misogynistic they show like Deanna like sighing so it's like look no it's just Samuel being stupid Ugh, yeah. boring as shit who give a shit whatever I hate you like the thing about periods is like when people who get periods make fun of like periods and talk about how like oh when I get my period like I'm fucking crazy insane ball to the wall I'm yeah. like haha that's funny but like the moment yeah. someone who doesn't get a period does it I'm like I literally will skin you alive <laughs> yep yeah yeah exactly and uh, I mean I guess like I get sort of the utility of this is, like, a character-building moment for Samuel. Like, maybe it does matter that, like, Mary's dad is a little misogynistic, and even though she's being trained into hunting, like, her mom is still, like, doing a housewife role, and most of the time she's on screen, she's, like, cooking. But, like, I also don't know if it's that deep, so <laughs> whatever. Like, <laughs> this is so funny because you're, like, the way you're talking about it is, like, they're treating their female characters with misogyny but also maybe they intended and it's a reading into misogyny <laughs> and it's like I don't know at what point we're making excuses for this show man like I think we are though we are making excuses for this show yeah, yeah. here's my critique of misogyny where everyone, every woman in the scene is treated with misogyny and the show doesn't acknowledge it in a meaningful way yeah yeah. Um, so we're at the Walsh's house. Is Liddy Walsh Asian or is she? Yes. What is? Yes. She I looks so. kind of like she's Asian. Yay! Another Asian woman. Big win. Big win. And she doesn't die. Yes. And she's Hell gonna yeah. be okay. She's Good literally for her. gonna be okay. Good for her. So, although I suppose on, like a relative yeah. of hers is gonna die of cancer, so RIP. That is true. Sorry, Liddy. She's on the couch with a doctor, and he's like, "I'm sorry." Like, someone, presumably her dad, like his cancer has metastasized. Like he's gonna die, and they're sitting way too close. And yeah. the doctor's like, there's one way, a cure, but I'll need your help. And, you know, she's like, okay, yes, what do I have to do? And he says, oh, just nothing. In ten years, I'm just going to come to you and ask for something then, but it'll be nothing you'll miss. Which is not... The deal with Mary is that he can enter her house in ten years and be undisturbed, right? Like, is this... Well, like, what is this version? I'm going to come in and ask you politely if I can drip blood into your child's mouth? Uh, whatever I, I don't know uh, yeah and they're like holding hands at this point and leaning in it's weird uh, and then his eyes turn yellow and Liddy starts screaming and at this the door busts open and Samuel comes in and he starts shooting Azazel uh, but Azazel you know sends the gun flying across the room and pins Samuel against a wall. And he's about to, like, I don't know, kill, do something with Samuel when Mary shows up behind him with a knife and he sees her and immediately goes pervert mode. 
for some reason, he's all like, where the hell have they been hiding you? I like you. You got a lot of spunk or whatever because he wants to fill her with his spunk, etc., etc. I like, she's I, I, I quite yeah. like the line, where the hell have they been hiding you? Like, it implies a certain, like, Mary is still protected by her family in some way. Like, they don't yeah. let her hunt, like, big things that much. And I, I that's think that's, true. like, a that's a character building or, like, at least a dynamic building moment for the Campbells of, like, mm-hmm. even though Mary grew up in this environment and they're pretty open about it with her, they're still protecting her in some way. Like, because this demon ju- didn't know that, like, she's here. Although, like, yeah, he, he is a fucking creep. And it's... It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, she slices him with the knife, but he eventually, like, gets it out of her hands. And she is also pinned against a wall. And then Dean comes in with the cult. And Azazel uses Mary as, like, a human shield... He asked Dean, where did you get that gun? And Dean and Mary do, like, a fun little thing where, like, Dean, like, gets the gun ready and he makes, like, a nod to Mary. And, like, she apparently, she, like, uses that nod to mean, like, okay, in this second I'm gonna break out of, like, this guy's arms so that you can shoot and kill him. But, unfortunately... Azazel escapes by, you know, black smoke out of the mouth, blah, blah, blah thing. Yeah. It's fascinating to me because this felt so anticlimactic. And for obvious reasons. It's not the climax Mm. of the episode. Yes. But, like, I wonder how Dean felt. Like, it's just over. He He goes, like, damned himself like he's... Yeah. No, yeah, but, like, you know, it's, like, it must have right, sucked like, so bad. He thought this was, like, his chance, chance to save yeah. his family. And, and now, now the chance is gone. might never come back. So, um, now they're outside the house and Dean and Mary are talking. And Mary is, like, he told me he liked me. And, it's, and she's, like, what did he mean by that? And, you know, it's... He, uh, sorry, Mary. And Samuel yeah. comes out, and he says that you know he comforted Lily. Lily's gonna be fine. Okay, wait. Uh, How do we know Azazel didn't just kill Lily? We have no clue. <laughs> if well, he's if Samuel's already possessed. Lily could be dead for all we know. No, for real though. Oh, that sucks. Sorry, Lily. Sorry, Lily. Congratulations and- on being Asian. <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, um, Tamil talks to Dean, and he's trying to compliment Dean, but Dean is like, I missed the shot, so... And as soon as I'm not gonna Samuel complimented Dean, because I didn't know for sure when Azazel took him over, but as soon as that compliment happened, I was like, oh, that's Azazel. That's a classic Azazel move. Oh, yeah, you're right! Yeah. Yeah, and and it being about Dean missing the shot is also, like, what happened the last time Azazel complimented Dean, right? Yeah. Like, Dean's like, no, like, I wasted a bullet. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, Dean tells Samuel that they need to talk alone. So they do. And here, back in the Campbell house, Dean tells Samuel that if they don't kill the yellow-eyed demon right now, Mary will die. And there's a, a bit of like a pushback where um, Samuel is like, what the fuck are you on? And Dean reveals that Mary is his mom, blah, blah, blah. And he's a grandchild. Mm-hmm. And he tells his name. He tells his birthday. And he tells where Ma- when Mary gets killed by the yellow-eyed demon. Yep. And yeah, we go to Mary and John. And Mary is super upset. And John hugs her, asks what's wrong, and Mary says, You promised you'd take me away. Do it Generica now. shit. Yeah. And, you know, they they climb into the car. It's a whole thing. We go back what to What does set. she mean by that? Like, are they leaving town? Does she not so. want to pack a bag? I think they're going to Or elope. say goodbye to her mom? Okay, so, like, they'll come back after they're married. Yeah. Briefly. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Dean and we go back to Dean and Samuel and Samuel is saying that like, okay, I believe you, whatever. And Dean brings out John's journal and the list of like all the places that fucking Azazel went mm-hmm. like after this one. And he brings out the cold. And, you yep. know, Samuel tries to get it. Dean is like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. And Dean is like, no, it's nothing personal. I just don't give it to other people. And Samuel's like, yeah, it is personal. Because you're trying to kill me. Yeah, and then his eyes, baby. Samuel's eyes turn yellow. And then Dean is like slammed against the wall with a chair or something. So and fun. It's, Love it. Love it. Yeah. You're right that he has been possessed for a while. And he probably did kill mm-hmm. Liddy. What a what a sad, yeah. sad affair. But also Sorry, like Liddy. the whole journal thing. Mm-hmm. Is is it implied that he is the one who gave like he Azazel is the reason the why Azazel Yeah. Like the yes. reason why Azazel was able to go to all the people he went through. It's because he I had this list. So that's yeah, so I think horrible. He at that yeah, which is very interesting though. Like it's a total closed loop of information. Like no one, no one actually came up with the idea. Yeah. But you know what's funny about the closed loop of information is that I like to imagine that Dean was completely wrong about what he said about the Impala's like specs and stuff, but John was just imitating what he heard Dean say. But, like, Dean was just imitating what he heard John say. So, no, like, neither of them know anything about the car. <laughs> um, so, you know, Azazel's attacking Dean and shit. And he's like, oh, so you're from the future. And he reveals that he knows about angels. Because he says, like, there's only one thing that can do time travel. So you must have friends in high places. And he goes like, oh, so I killed your mommy and that's why you came all this way? To see little old me? God, he's so fun. 
And, oh, also, now that he's revealed himself, you know, he's, like, acting completely different, I think. Yeah, he's being a creep again. I don't remember... I don't remember what the first Azazel actor played him like, but I feel like this is a decent reiteration of his demeanor Mm -hmm. and voice and stuff. Like, it's fun. Um... Shit, I did not hear this next line. I didn't know what he called Mary. He says... If that slut marries your mommy, are you one of my psychic kids? He called her a slut? And for what? For what? He's so horrible. Yeah. Whatever. People call people sluts for no fuck. People call, sorry, people call women sluts for no fucking reason in Supernatural, though. Like, Dean calls Ruby a slut even though she's, like, not had sex yet. Like, as far as they're aware on the show so yeah. far. Like, Human Ruby Meg is a virgin calls... Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Human Meg calls, like, Meg demon outfit as slutty, even though it's, like, less skin than her human outfit. It's just a word that means fucking nothing on Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, okay, he's actually very excited at the idea that Dean could be one of the a psychic, psychic kids. kids. Yeah. Which, okay, actually, speaking of... Earlier, remember when Dean is telling Samuel about, like, the future, blah, blah, blah stuff? Samuel asks, oh, what, are you, like, a psychic or something? And there's, like, a long pause on Dean's face before he goes no. And I was like, that was weird. But, like, that's probably just, like, a callback to, like, this. Or, like, a foreshadowing to this. Right? Yeah. Okay, fun. Um, so he, like, sniffs Dean? It's such a good scene, though. Like, he literally leans in and just smells the fuck out of him. And, like, he's able to smell there and then that, like, that they're not demon blood. Oh, God. (laughs) That he doesn't have demon blood. And it's a throwback for me to season four, episode one, Lazarus, where, yes, uh, they, the, the, the girl, what's her name? The girl, the waitress, the demon, the waitress, the demon waitress. Says that I can smell you from a mile away or something at Sam, and like, yeah, we don't know yet. But he was drinking demon blood, right? Yes. At that point, and it's like, yes, that demon blood is what they can smell, and that's yeah. so interesting. Like, that is fun. he literally is full of demon blood, and they can smell him from a mile away. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So he goes, okay, so it's not you. And then he goes, maybe you got a sis. And he pauses and he goes, or a bro. That's terrific. Azazel misogyny moments. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then he's like, okay, well, that's great because, like, that means that my plan's gonna work out in the future. Uh, and, you know, he reveals that he doesn't want people's souls from the deals. He just wants their kids. And he wants to choose the perfect parents. And he's choosing them because they're strong, they're pure, and they eat their Wheaties. My own little master race. They're ideal breeders. So, I mean, I don't know. Clearly, like, just call back to eugenics and Nazi terminology, like, on purpose. So, I don't know if there's that much to discuss here. I think what... I find most interesting is that the angels do the exact same thing. At this point, we notice that Diana 
is in like the, the back. kitchen yeah. and can see them and is noticing that something is up. Uh Dean makes like a face at the ideal breeders thing and Azazel's like, Oh no, no one's breeding with me. Though Mary, man, God. I'd like to make an exception. Ew Why? Ew She's his favorite, supposedly. Which is maybe He's very excited that Sam's the one who made or he's sad when he thinks that Jake is the one who made it and he's happy when Sam's the one who makes it. Like, is it because of this like obsession with Mary that he's developed? Yeah, I, I, I think it is connected. I don't think like now that we see this, may, perhaps he wasn't lying when he said that Sam is his favorite. Oh, true. True, because he did call everyone his favorite, but maybe he actually meant it with Sam. Dean asks the question that everyone is fucking asking, which is, why did you make the deals? Can't you just fucking go into people's houses? And Azazel says some dumbass hand-wavy thing about how he needs to be invited. Or maybe, is this related to the mythology of, like, Azazel, like, for real or something, do you think? I don't know. Because, like, I don't think other demons are like, I need to be invited in the house. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but, like, maybe in the Bible or some shit, or in, like, certain like him like, specifically. commentaries. Yeah, like, maybe. If any yeah. of you know things about, like, Azazel as he appears in Judaism, or in Christianity, I guess, like, hit us up, let us know. Yeah. And he goes... You know what I'm gonna do to your sibling? I'm gonna stand over their crib and I'm gonna bleed into their mouth. They, them, Sam writes. Real. Yeah. Uh, but he says, basically, demon blood makes you big and strong. And Dean asks if the plan is for, like, the demon army thing. And he says, no, I have, like, a way bigger end game, but I am not gonna tell you because you have a bunch of angels who are spying in on me via you. No, what uh, is that gonna... end game? I think that... Okay, at first I thought it was, like, a Lucifer's Vessel thing, but I don't know if he knows that. I think it's just the bringing about of the apocalypse via killing Lilith. Yeah, perhaps. Like, you know, like, I'll give someone the power, and then, like, they'll have, like, this giant demon army and be so strong, and then they'll be able to use their brain and explode Lilith and kill her or whatever. Though, okay, actually, does the cult not work on Lilith? No, I think it does. Okay, why? Or the demon knife? Does that not work on Lilith? I don't think it does. Okay, but the cult works. The cult works for sure for everyone. So why did Sam need to drink all the blood to kill Lilith if he could have just shot her with a gun? Because they don't—they didn't have the cult. Oh yeah, I forgot. In the whole what thing, the whole bloodline. Could could Dean not have just like? Okay, I guess it would have been bad if he took it back to his timeline because then they wouldn't have it in the past anymore. But yeah, I mean they do do when that did... in like. I think in, in, like, season six. 
There's oh. a plot line where it's like I'm not sure if it's the cult. Take it from but the like, past. I don't, I'm not sure if it's the cult, but there is a okay. thing that they go back in the past for, and then they do this whole thing where they formulate it so the day in the present the thing gets delivered to their house. It's fucking funny as fuck. <laughs> Love that oh. episode, though. Yeah, they go, huh. like, back to the Wild Wild West, like, cowboy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Love Sam's outfit in that episode. I don't remember anything Sam. else. Yeah. <laughs> Dean does a stupid-ass thing where he reveals that he's gonna be the one to kill Azazel. Like, I don't tell him that. Like, okay, I personally believe that the way supernatural time travel works is that you can't change anything that's already anything? happened. Yeah. It's a fixed point. But, like, Dean still believes that he can save people and that, like, his actions in the past matter. Like, what you have done right now is ensure that, like, in the future, Azazel comes to you as a baby and murders you so you can't kill him. Yeah. Yeah, um... But it is weird that Azazel never mentions this conversation when he sees Dean in, like, season one, you know? But I guess they didn't know this episode was going to happen yet. I guess yeah. we could say maybe that's the reason he spent more time talking to Dean than to Sam in the end of season one. If we want to watch Sony in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Azazel doesn't believe him, but Dean's like, no, for real, I'm definitely going to kill you. Definitely, definitely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not lying not... at all. I'm not, not lying, lying at, at all. all. I promise. I'm being I fucking promise. for real. He said it like that. He said, I'm being yeah. fucking for real right now. <laughs> yeah. And he was crying. Yeah. Um, but Azazel's like, okay, well, you know someone you're not gonna save? Me. Oh, also, at this point, Deanna has been getting closer and closer to getting the cult on the ground. Like, yeah. but... At this point, Azazel stabs himself in the stomach, killing Samuel, killing his vessel, and Diana screams, no! So, she's revealed that she is there. Uh, and then, I don't know, fight scene, fight scene, Azazel, like, kills Diana by breaking her neck. Yeah. Uh, Dean grabs the colt, but... Samuel slash Azazel is gone, and she is dead, and Dean yells, Mary! Yeah. And we go to Mary, who is with John, in a fucking car. Park! Like, I thought they were... (laughs) I thought they were stranded in the river! Like, I literally thought... In the water? (laughs) I thought, I thought, like, cause they were so near the water, and I was like, "Damn, they swerved off and they got stuck by the <laughs> riverbed." <laughs> Real, but no, like, John's like, "It's no secret why I brought you here," and then he brings out the ring, and Mary is like, uh, "There's things you don't know about me, John," and he goes, "So, I will always love you for exactly who you are." Yep. And then the L.I. demon shows up and it's like, pulls Mary out. And then he's like, um, he's still pretending to be Samuel at this point, And he's mad, etc., etc. And John is like, no, sir, listen to me. And John, like, keeps on trying to, like, stop 
Samuel from his perspective from like hurting Mary because Mary is like saying you're hurting me as you know her dad yeah. grabs her and then Azazel literally just <laughs> goes up to John snaps <laughs> his neck and he dies yep. instantly <laughs> god it's so funny it, it was is, so funny it is pretty funny that. And he falls. And I, and I want to live in Mary's head for the five seconds when she thought that her fucking dad did that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Mary just goes, you killed him. <laughs> and then, he, and then Azazel goes, yeah, but not just him, mommy and daddy too. And then he shows that, you know, Samuel is that, like, Yeah, and Samuel. also his eyes are yellow at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yellow-eyed demon starts sweet-talking Mary. And he says that, Oh, I'll bring John back if if you grant me permission to swing by your house ten years from now. And Mary asks, Can you her bring parents, my parents yeah. back too? And he says, No, that's not on the table. And then he, like, he says, like, this is good, actually, that your parents will be dead and John will be alive because it means you can escape hunting forever. Yeah. And you can live a normal life with no more monsters. Blah, blah, blah. He says no yeah. more monsters or fear. I'll make sure of it. Which implies that he's also going to protect her from, like, supernatural creatures in her Which, future uh- life. Which I assume, like, in the ten years, perhaps he did. Yeah, perhaps he did. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, and, you know, he says that, like, as long as Mary or anyone doesn't interrupt him at his visit, nobody's gonna get hurt. And you, it's either this or spend the rest of your life desperate and alone. Like, it's not and... possible to have more than one boyfriend in your life. <laughs> I mean, when you're 19, it feels like that. Yeah, I guess. Or she yeah. has a very outdated idea about virginity, and she's like, No, I mean, damaged goods now, no one will want me. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Anyway... Yeah. At go this back point, to Mary's these... like fucking crying, right? Like yeah, she's, she's sobbing. sobbing. She's distraught. And it's it's interesting because at first, like when he kills John and like he tells her about her parents, like she's like angry and like very like tightly like wound up, and she tells him like, "I'll kill you, I swear to God." But then, like as he keeps talking, like you can see that, like, fall away and eventually, like, she goes from single woman tear to just sobbing. Yeah. And then uh, we go back to Dean's perspective and he shows up. Mary is already kissing Azazel. Uh-huh. In That's his Azazel. Graphic. Yeah. In her dad's body. It's graphic. There's, like, tongue, and it lasts way too long. Yeah. Yeah. And Dean has the cult. But before he can shoot, like, Azazel gets out of the body, and then John comes Mm. back to life. Yeah. And 
John and Mary are cradling each other as Cass appears. Yeah. Puts a hand on Dean's shoulder. And Dean turns around. This is one of those iconic ones. Mm. The the turning. You know, like yeah. how in AMVs, like people would do that. Like, yeah, they have this touch a lot. Yeah. Is and it because the hand is on his shoulder? Do you remember which shoulder Cass put the hand on? No. I don't think so. Do you think it's the hand? No, I mean, I remember, I remember where the hand is, and I don't think it's the handprint shoulder. Oh, okay, sad. Yeah, but they do the looking back thing a lot in Supernatural with Dean and Cass. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they disappear. And they disappear. Nineteen seventy-three. And I love how the lingering shot is done. Mm -hmm. Because Dean disappears, right? Yeah. But it does. The camera doesn't disappear with him. We stay yeah. a bit on John and Mary and Samuel. Yeah. And I quite like that because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it the story has ended from Dean's perspective, but these people, John and Mary specifically, still need to live through this. And yeah. there's a there's a sense of that. Yeah. Also, just every shot of this last scene is, like, iconic. Like, the scene of, like... Because, like, it's dark and everything is just lit by the headlights of the car that Dean stole. So, like, Azazel turning around, like, with his yellow eyes. And, like, Mary turning around and looking like a deer in the headlights, sort of. Like, so scared and sad and stuff. It's, like, it's it's good. The shots are good. They're iconic. They're very screenshotable. Uh, so, we get to the last scene. Dean gasps awake in the motel, and it's presumably, like, the same day or whatever. And Cass is... Also, is he still sitting on the bed? Or he's, No, he's, he's not. Definitely, okay, he's standing near the bed. Yeah. And Dean's upset. He says, I couldn't stop any of it, and she still made the deal, and I bet, like, right now, she still died in that nursery. So, like, even my, like, don't leave your room thing didn't do anything. And Cass says, don't be too hard on yourself. You couldn't have stopped it. And Dean, like, stands up and goes, what? Mm. Uh, Sorry, dude. I just, I can't believe the whole time he thought he could do something. Like, up until the deal, he still thought he could do something. I guess he didn't live through Mystery Spot. If Sam had been along, he would have been like, I know exactly what this is. Let's just go somewhere else. We can't do anything about this. Okay, so what Cass says to Dean is, Destiny can't be changed, Dean. All roads lead to the same destination. And Dean asks, like, why did you send me back then? And Cass says, it's for the truth. Now you know everything that we know about what Azazel did to your brother. This could have been an email. (laughs) That's my (laughs) thoughts. This is not a good explanation of why they sent Dean back. This could have been an email. So Dean notices that that Sam's bed is empty, and he goes like, where the fuck is Sam? Where the fuck is Sam? And Cass gives him an address, 
And Dean's about to head out, and Cass says, Your brother is headed down a dangerous road, Dean, and we're not sure where it leads. So stop it. Or we will. I love that. Also, I love the shot where, um, like, Dean goes, What the hell are you talking about? And instead of answering, Cass, like, looks over at the bed, and the camera follows his sight. Hmm. I just think it's so cool. Like, I think that's such yeah. a cool choice that, like, um, like, communication for Cass is so unstraightforward. Like, yeah. I mean, it's straightforward. Like, but he's not, he's gonna tell you what he needs to tell you, but he's not gonna answer your questions. He asks mm-hmm. after, where's Sam? And before he answers the location, he says first, like, he communicates first what he wants to say. Like, it mm. makes it feel like even if Dean is the one asking questions, Cass is the one in control of yes. the conversation. And mm-hmm. that is such an interesting and fun choice to make. Love that, mm. truly. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's so good. And you're yeah. right, he's less of a character this episode, but still, still fun. Yeah. He was there. He looked good. <laughs> yeah, and that's all that matters. Okay, he served Kant. He lived, served Kant, died fifteen years later, or well, not fifteen, just a lot of 11. times. Yeah, he dies at the end of season four, doesn't he? Yeah, dies a year later, two years later. I don't know, like four years later. He died. He died so much. That's insane. yeah. So, great. What are your thoughts on this episode? Um, okay. So, I don't know. It was fine. When I was watching it, there are times where I got a little bit bored. Mm. But it's not too offensively boring. And I like the backstory. I like young Mary. I wish there was more John and Mary content that's more meaningful than what they served us. But, yep. I find meaning in the meaninglessness of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, every time you were, like, they are saying the most generic things, and I'm reading that as, like, them being young and not really understanding love, I was like, I think Jeremy Carver might just be bad at writing romance. <laughs> but No, literally, though. Literally, though. But I, I do like finding meaning in the meaninglessness, yeah. Yeah. Um... What I thought, this is a very important episode lore-wise. I like all the things we learned, and I liked Young Mary a lot. Um, I think you're right that there are moments when this episode is boring. Like, the concept is great, but, like, I feel like as an email, it would be about as good as it is as an episode. As long as the email included, like, some screenshots of the nicer-looking shots and Mary's big, big eyes. I- there's just so much- like, they never tell us how Mary explains away them waking up, like, with Samuel, like, dead next to them. Like, I guess John probably remembers him, like, snapping his neck. Is Mary fucking, like, I killed him to save you? Like, how does she explain this away? We'll never know. And that's sad. We we got attacked. And my dad... I mean, I I really don't know. 
Maybe like there's like a memory wipe. Maybe that happens like with the angels in. With, it like, happens with the Anna. Song remains the same, but yeah. I don't think it happens here. Unless Azazel... I, yeah, okay, that's true. Azazel could have memory wiped it, but they are still waking up next to the corpse of her dad, and they're still going yeah. home to her house where her mother lies dead on the kitchen floor. Yeah. Like, I don't see how they're gonna deal with that. And I guess I, I wish that either the ending was more ambiguous so I wouldn't be so stuck on this, like, plot point, um, or that... We just saw how it was explained a bit more. Or that we saw how this particular thing affected John and Mary's relationship. Because it's like, this is the man that, like, she has made a demon deal for. And, like, for whom, like... Like, he said that her parents were never an option, but I feel like it does have to feel a little bit like she chose John over her parents. And, like, that's interesting like is there resentment there like what does that do to their relationship i guess we'll never know yeah and like i don't know she doesn't even like him that much i think like she thinks she does but i don't think she actually does and like she can never break up with him now (laughs) like you know yeah that's true you're stuck there once you sell once you make a deal with the a, de- a demon, you're stuck with a relationship for life. Yeah, this is so, like, house MD that the lesbian couple that were about to break up and then one of them gives the other one her kidney so that they can't. No, for real, though. Yeah. Okay, so best line, worst line. Shit! Oh, well, um, best line is obvious, right? It's the thing where Mary says that she wants to get out and that she hates this life, and she wants to be safe and have a family, and the worst thing possible is imagining her kids growing up like this. Yeah, I suppose. I'll, I'll go with that. I'm not even gonna try <laughs> to, like, say something else. But I think my worst line is the period line. Like, just shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah, that that's was like, my worst line until I found out that he said slut Mary, and now that is my worst line. Yeah. Spreadsheet. How about spreadsheets? There wasn't any racism or homophobia, I feel. Yeah, not that I can recall. But, which is a win, because, like, no racism is usually only reserved when there's no people of color. <laughs> But there's one. But, in this episode. Yeah, Liddy said like a whole sentence. Yeah, and they didn't her. commit a racism against her. I I admire yeah. that deeply. They just probably killed her off screen, which is yeah. like normal supernatural fare. Yeah. I think um for uh, sexism. I give a one misogyny. Maybe. Why I one? Don't know. I think a two. Um Okay, a two. Because of the Slut Mary and the period line? Slut Mary period line, and also Deanna. Oh, and also him being, like, yeah, Deanna being such a housewife, and also just I, I mean, the weird not... incest kiss, yeah. I, I don't think, like, Deanna being a housewife is a bad thing. It's just that, um, like, especially given that this is, like, a period piece in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. But, like, 
you have to think of it in like a this is already an unconventional family you know like right yeah i don't know i think it's so actually right, maybe i'm retracting it okay. yeah like i don't actually i i'm less offended by what her role is and more of they just didn't give her anything yeah like i understand that samuel comes back like he becomes mm-hmm. a future character but they did not know that here so right. why is it that the that the father in a hunting family who is a hunter gets so much of the screen mm-hmm. time than the woman the mother yeah. of the family who is also a hunter yeah. like she's also a hunter and we've seen other hunter couples before like and right, like Tamara and Isaac and they're very and like they're, equally matched yeah, they're of equal footing, and this one feels like not that. And like, I understand that you know it's complicated, blah 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 blah. But like, with supernatural, like I said earlier, like misogyny and supernatural is like mm-hmm. the misogyny, like the misogyny being a critic to the misogyny is like. I feel like it's giving it too much of a benefit of the doubt type situation. Yeah. 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 I agree with that statement. Also, like, it would have just been cool to for Dean to n- know his namesake. Yeah, that's a good like, point. Like, he literally, he also, literally was named like after her. In general, don't people care about their grandmothers more than their grandfathers? No, for real, time? though. No, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's like a... Because we both grew up girls, and we both grew up in, like, Asian households. That's true. Do you, yeah, do you I don't think know that's if it's like, universal that yeah. everyone likes their grandmother better. Yeah. Huh. So Good point. I don't know. Oh, shit. I, I accidentally <laughs> clicked the IMDb page, but I didn't... It didn't load. I was able to click oh, okay, away before okay. it loaded. Yeah, 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 but okay, okay, let's go on IMDb. What's your... Um, What's your ranking, rating? I mean, I think time travel's cool. I feel like people would think time travel's cool. I feel like... I think people would think time travel's cool, but, like, it's one of those situations where you make a little mistake and it's like, oh, they're doing time travel exactly like this one movie and it's not cool that they're ripping this movie off. Or it's like... get quite mad about that. Yeah, or it's a matter of... It's time travel and all the fallacies, blah, blah, blah. So, I think it's cool, but, like, people get up in arms about it a lot. Okay. Well, hmm. Are You There God got an 8.5. I think this is gonna get higher than that, so I'm gonna guess an 8.7? I'm gonna guess an 8.4, actually. I'm going the other direction. Okay. Okay, let's check. Holy shit! It's a 9.2. Oh, damn. Okay. Let's see what the people have been saying. One of the better episodes. Well, there's a lot of episodes of Supernatural. Yes, this is in the top 50%. I agree with that. 
Yeah, this one says this is one of my most disliked episodes. Um, it doesn't fit within the show. Time travel element is poorly thought out and feels much more sci-fi than horror fantasy. Hmm. It is pretty yeah. obvious that the writers eventually realize their mistake as two future episodes are devoted to retconning and smoothing out the plot holes this episode introduced. Hmm. Story changes for the worse. I don't get how this episode is so highly rated. The guy they picked as John Winchester was a total miscast. Aside from being a pretty boy, he was a t- he was a big wuss. <laughs> well, wait, okay, but John was like a big wuss before Mary died. Isn't that the point of John? No, they said um, John was manly, tough. And strong oh before my Mary died. No, the story was better. Wasn't. I thought the story was better before making Mary the Hunter. As a woman, oh I love strong, empowered God. female characters like Jodie and Donna. <laughs> but the writers got John all wrong. They didn't have to make John weak and clueless. This is a so strong funny. woman <laughs> would never respect a weak guy. That alone, I have to knock seven stars off the rating. They this do is not hilarious. know. They do not from know. From 2020, from October 2020. <laughs> this isn't from 2008. This is from three years ago. This person does not understand the appeal of men who are just little guys who are poor <laughs> little guys, little little yeah. weak little guys. God, this fucking sucks. Okay, I mean that's pretty much it. Like those are yeah. most. <laughs> that's so funny like when we go read reviews we just read the ones that are negative and then like go yeah it's fine we're good <laughs> no but literally though like mm-hmm. if they're just gonna compliment Supernatural I don't need to hear it <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah and I do, do you agree that like Mary being it's been three is- hours yeah we've been recording for so fucking long Okay, yeah, so what were you gonna say? Do you agree that Mary being, you know, blah blah blah? Mary being the hunter makes the story a hundred times better. No, yeah, for real though. And like, the story would fucking I, suck if Mary wasn't the hunter. Like, she comes back. Yeah. Like, I feel like people ignore that. She comes back, and that story is compelling because she was a hunter. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my yeah. hot take. No, I think that's it for this episode of Busty Asian Beauties. Next week, we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 4, Metamorphosis. Are we? Is that what we're discussing? Leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash beautiespodcast and on Tumblr at bustyasianbeautiespod.tumblr.com. Our official tag is babpod, b-a-b-pod, Thanks to everyone who's donated to our Kofi at ko-fi.com slash bustyasianbeautiespod. And check out our merch at babpod.redbubble.com. Yeah, you can email us any feedback, comments, or inquiries at bustyasianbeautiespod at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye! Bye!
I did not know he was baby and he was in baby until today. He so. was also baby. <laughs> no, he's in baby. He he like I don't know. I don't know if I should get into it here. Maybe I'll move yeah, this at the I'll end. I'll find of out the in like five no, no, no. years. No, I want to tell you. Uh, I'll move this at the end of the episode. But like in baby, Sam is having like the like. You know how season 11, like, they let Lucifer out? Mm. And yeah. there's a whole deal where, like, Sam thinks God is speaking to him and he starts praying yep. a lot, etc., etc. But turns out mm. it's Lucifer. Yeah. In that episode, John shows up to him in a dream, driving the Impala. Oh. And, oh. like, the, like, is trying to talk to him a la John Winchester. And Sam just, like, clocks that it's not John. And he, and mm-hmm. like John in quotation marks just goes like, yeah, I could never, I could never trick you, and mm. like Sam thinks this is a god vision, and then oh. turns out it's Lucifer. God, nice. whatever the fuck they put in season eleven, I'm so looking mm. forward to it. Like yeah. season eleven is so good to me. I lean because in it. I lean in it, and also it's so devastating. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a sad, sad season. Like, Cass spends half the season possessed by Lucifer. It was devastating to me, personally. <laughs> it was so devastating to me. And also, like, um, like the season ends, and it's like, Mary comes back. Like, it's wild. It's a wild season. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 